Touchdown, Kansas City! This is the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show is presented by the Missouri Lottery. Go Chiefs! Play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers tickets from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Take an enormous breath, Kansas City. Woo! Wow! You deserve it. I deserve it. Patrick Mahomes deserves it. Listen, a lot of things went wrong in that game today, okay? A lot of things went wrong. I'm sure we will have a lot of phone calls about a lot of things that went wrong. We will take your phone calls about all the things that went wrong in that game. 913-3810-810. We'll talk about the run defense. We'll talk about the offense stalling. We'll talk about the ugliness. We'll talk about... The fact that no defensive backs on this team know how to turn their head around. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about Kenny Galladay until the cows come home. But for this first minute, you have to be able to take that game that we all watch today and acknowledge the fact that the Chiefs got the football down by three. And they weren't trying for field goal range. They weren't throwing up prayers at the end. They weren't even hoping for a miracle of some sort. They weren't even worried about fourth and eight. And that kind of stuff changes whenever the MVP of the NFL is playing quarterback for you. So listen, if you either feel like you have a hangover, which is where I'm at right now, or if you feel like you're about to have a hangover or that maybe you're going to need a hangover. All of those things I understand. We're just going to give out cigarettes to everybody who comes through the station today. It's bad for your health, but at this point, I would forgive it. Because that was psychotic. But I think we would be out of line if we didn't start with the fact that when nothing was going according to plan, everything was insane on every level. Normalcy returned whenever it absolutely had to. And Patrick Mahomes in this offense drove down the field and scored a touchdown to put the Lions back on their heels. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. WHB, I am Joshua Briscoe alongside Brad Porter. You can listen to us here for the next, I'm at this point, 12 hours. We're going to be here till the Border Patrol tomorrow morning. There's enough stuff to talk about here tonight. Uh, plus, you can watch us on the Sports Radio 10 Facebook page, listen on the app and the website. Brad, I'm choosing to start with Mahomes whenever we will still certainly talk about a lot of other stuff. Where do you start other than maybe with a couple of Advil? Man alive. That, I mean, pulse rate off the charts right now. If you had those pulse rate bands around your chest yeah. during that fourth quarter, it was probably like sending you an alert like you might be in trouble here. Yes. You, you may need yes. medical assistance. Yeah, I was wearing a life alert, and I just started smashing it on the <laughs> desk throughout the entire last couple drives. So the Chiefs get the ball with 226 left to go. Trailing. By three. I guarantee there is somebody in Detroit right now on the radio or writing for the newspaper writing for a blog site, or tweeting out, the Lions scored too fast. 
Right. I guarantee somebody's doing that. So let yeah. me. So here's what I did. So when we got got to the fourth quarter, Chiefs are in a game there. Detroit seems to have you know not control of the game, but they're playing really good football against the Chiefs. My tweet out was, okay, the Chiefs have been a great second quarter team this season. Right. We've seen that. The numbers are unreal. Right. Can they just be a good fourth quarter team against the Lions? Get the ball back, 226 to go. Who do you want to go to? Well, let's dump it over to the middle of Daryl Williams, 11 yards. Who's <laughs> 14 picked, times. Who's now playing a major role with this team. Yep. Um, Williams got locked up in the pocket on the next play. A little screen right again, no gain. Uh, overshot Demarcus Robinson, no gain. You're fourth and eight. What are you going to do? What are you going to dial up? What's Detroit going to do? By the way, Detroit's secondary today, when Mahomes was not misfiring, which he did quite a bit, was pretty good. Yeah. And so you're, you're trying to dial up a play, fourth and eight. What's on the play sheet? Well, nothing was open. Patrick Mahomes takes off and picks up 15 yards. Still moving, still moving. You got a buck 55 now. What are you going to do? Kelsey out of the hash, stops the clock with 16 yards. Uh, next play, uh, get a flag on a defensive holding call, which Detroit committed penalties at the wrong time today. Kansas City committed penalties in bad spots today. Uh, go back to Demarcus Robinson. Even though the, the linkup has not worked all day, Picks up nine yards. Then a little quick two-yard pickup to McCole Hardman. Why they are running these bubble screens from, what, 10 yards deep in the end zone? Why is he circling back? He did that on 95% of the Chiefs' play calls today. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. It was frustrating to watch it. Whatever. Uh, Lobbed to the end zone to Marcus, uh, or rather, to Sammy Watkins. It almost got picked. That it almost got picked. That was so stressful, Brad. Yeah, I haven't completely recovered. I'm not. I mean, I'm going to need a couple days. So, 40 seconds left. Second and ten. What are you going to do? Get close to the red zone. Who are you going to go to? Who needs the football here? Obviously, it's Byron Pringle. Yes, you've got to. And my God. <laughs> okay, time out really quick. I'm sorry, Brad. That guy who called in last week to be like, this offense needs to run through Byron Pringle, who is either uh, hilariously delusional or just funny, which right. I think is probably the latter. Regardless... That guy feels vindicated <laughs> yes, today. Yes, he does. Because I would have bet, if you would have given me a, a, a record scratch freeze frame, you're probably what? wondering how I got here yes. right before what? that second hit yes. came in. I'm like, well, he's either losing the ball or his literal the, head here. The first hit, the <sighs> first hit was big enough. The second hit could just as easily have knocked that ball because he was spinning. Yes. I don't know if he knew what direction he was running because he had spun know. around three or four times. Yeah, I can imagine. Get the 13 yards. Daryl Williams gets a run. I thought he was in on the first one. Um, I thought his knee, I don't know which lineman reached under his knee to keep it from touching the ground, but I thought that was probably a touchdown, but on the review, inconclusive, I get that. Then on the second one, Daryl Williams gets in, and let's give an assist here to a guy who's had a rough couple of weeks, Austin Ryder, because you yeah. used to not be able to push running backs into the end zone like yep. that, or quarterbacks, ball carriers, whoever it is, you used to not be able to do that. Now you can. Austin Ryder with a heads-up play when they had to have it, 23 seconds on the clock, Okay, just get, let's get a good kickoff here. Let's have a couple of a good plays. No! We're going to let the Lions chuck it into the end zone twice. Yeah. Could have been caught yes. on the second to the last play. Uh -huh. Could have been caught twice. Yes. Once by the intended receiver, mm. one by the receiver falling down to the ground who was under the ball. If he just gets his hands on it, that's a touchdown. So that was just the last two minutes and 26 seconds of the game. <laughs> My God, man. We and look at this. do a post-game show on the last 226. And, and by the way, let me, let's see. Where's my Facebook Live cameras? Right up there? Yeah, go ahead, okay, and, so, go ahead and look right down okay, the list. so when there. I make my notes during the game, I got all kinds of stuff. Sports Radio, here. Facebook, like Sports Radio, 10 Facebook pages. pages here. I have a page here called... <laughs> 
called WTF plays. It's a long list from the entire game. Yeah. And we'll we'll get into it because there's there's a lot. Good stuff, bad stuff, crazy things that you don't see happening in the yep. game. But my lord, that final 226, that was a 3 hour and 35 minute football game and even though there were low points in the game, pure entertainment value, outstanding. We are uh, <laughs> we're going to bring you Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes live from Detroit plus anyone else the the Chiefs throw out there uh plus uh audio from the locker room and all of I'm that. I'm guessing Daryl Williams makes an appearance. I would think so. Um <laughs> I you said it was a three hour and thirty five minute football game. I think it was a three hour and thirty five minute last three drives or so. <laughs> yes. uh, I love that you have the WTF list. Yep. I think that's right outstanding. Right I have there. a very similar list here. Um, that's just the mistakes folder. Oh boy! Like, and I have a lot of things there. I didn't. I'm glad you wrote down the wacky good stuff that happened because uh, I didn't. I mean, this game was a mess for a, a, a multitude of reasons. It was. And again, and this is the thing, man. Even whenever Mahomes doesn't play particularly well, doesn't throw a touchdown for the first time since playing the Jags last year, his first game without a touchdown, his first game without a real command of the offense, he still bleeped around and threw for over 300 yards, by the way. That's neither here nor there at the moment. Um, Whenever his leading receiver was Travis Kelsey, I believe for the first time this year, uh, Sammy Watkins largely disappeared. Uh, He wasn't feasting on an injured secondary like I anticipated that he would. He was never on the same page with Demarcus Robinson more than than 10 yards or so downfield. The ball kept going to Daryl Williams. Deion Yelder was tied for the team's third leading receiver. It was at the beginning beginning and the never again. I <laughs> yes. don't know. McCole Hardman had five targets and only brought in two of them. The offense was out of whack. The defense had some nightmarish moments, both on the ground and through the air. And this is this is the type of game. If you look around the rest of the league, we'll give you a, a scoreboard update earlier than usual because I want everyone listening to have an understanding of how wacky the NFL was this week. The great equalizer for mistakes like that and problems like that and underwhelming performances like that, the great equalizer is having the literal most valuable player mm-hmm. playing quarterback for you. And listen, if he if he would have thrown that pick that was going towards Sammy Watkins, mm-hmm. we'd be talking about it differently. If if Matt Stafford had caught it, if he had completed one of those Hail Marys, we'd be talking about this all differently. And so I know that the result is a part of it because wins are a team stat, much to the chagrin of people like Troy Aikman. I don't want to talk about it. But like you can, you can look at all of those factors and say, man, listen, was Mahomes great today? No. No, he wasn't. But whenever you said, hey, this has to work, Mahomes made the plays and the guys he was throwing to made the plays. In the instance of Daryl Williams, the guys he was handing the ball to were, were making plays. And that kind of stuff didn't happen before Patrick Mahomes got here. No. I mean, I, I have not seen, and I'm younger than probably most people listening right now, but in Alex Smith to Matt Castle to Trent Green and everybody in between who came in and started six games, no other quarterback I have any faith in on that drive, much less fourth and eight, much mm-hmm. less not just getting the field goal but scoring the touchdown. Where, where again, we are living in a different augmented reality now yes. because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. That's all still valid even in a game that was ugly for a million reasons. We, we are living in the Matrix Yes. You, yes. You, you may or may not know what's happening. Time stops. Time continues. You stop in time while people around you are moving. You, it's just that kind of uh, offense watching it. And look, for as good as Patrick Mahomes was, 
Matthew Stafford's still a pretty damn good quarterback. Yeah, I've always liked Matt Stafford. I always feel and like he's oh, he's underrated and because he th- he turns the ball over, which he didn't do today. And so I, when I was reading, you know, all the the NFL writers and reporters on Twitter before the game, and even last night, Matthew Stafford, his hip has gotten worse all week. Mm-hmm. He may be playing on one leg. He had two big runs in that game. Yep, that helped his team move the football. So Matthew Stafford is pretty damn good. But at the end of the day, two twenty six on the clock. You've got the MVP. You're at fourth and eight. Nothing's open. You're going to take off and run for the ball. He's not the greatest runner, but it was great. No. He's maybe his best slide, by the way. It was great. We know he's a terrible <laughs> slider. Yeah, that's always that, been That's the worst criticism I have. But <laughs> you, you saw from the get-go in this game, this offense was out of sync. It yeah. was, was off-kilter. There yeah. were a couple of times. I was trying to figure it out when I watched the game. There were a couple of times, and this may seem, seem completely unimportant, but to me... If you uh, if you talk to people who play on grass and then go play on turf but don't play on turf a lot, mm-hmm. cleats get sticky. Yeah, and I thought a couple of times the receivers' cleats got stuck in the turf a little bit. That was not the reason this offense was out of sync. No, but, but you're also not looking for big differences. They they right. weren't they weren't on co- in completely wrong books. They were off by a couple a of paragraphs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. And Patrick Mahomes ended up running for 54 yards today on six carries. By the way, mm-hmm. he turned into Lamar Jackson. But more accurate throwing well, the ball. And, the, and at the end, I, I go back to what I said earlier. The Chiefs have been a great second quarter team this season. One time, they had to be, they, I'm not going to say a good or a great fourth quarter team. They had to get a productive fourth quarter. Yep. And they got that done. And yep. by the way, you know, we're talking about this drive and you know, it, was, you know, it was great and the Lions could have had it. Give a little credit to the Chiefs defense in this game. Because they were getting the ball run down their throats. Yes. I mean, consistently. Yes. But there were times where they made some adjustments Stopped just enough runs to stall some Lions drives. And some of the blitz dial-ups in this game, you saw it with Tyron Matthew when he busted through for a sack. Uh, You saw it with uh, Chris Jones. And you saw it with um, Ogba and some of the stunt games and rush games they were playing on the inside as well as the outside. Steve Spagnuolo made an adjustment. Made a couple of adjustments. Made a lot of adjustments. And you saw, especially, there was one play he dialed up, what used to be called when he was with the New York Giants, the NASCAR package. You just get guys running 900 miles an hour downhill, and the quarterback is is helpless to do anything with it. So I'll give some credit, uh, credit to the defense as well. I mean, it wasn't fantastic, but it was okay. The one, you know, you, you have three parts of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. The one group that fell absolutely on its face today, For special like teams. three out of the last four weeks. Special teams. Yeah, it's been bad. I mean, the video review with Dave Tobe this week is going to be scorched earth. We're talking about fumbles. We're talking about returning a kick from six yards deep in the end zone. Seriously? We're talking about a missed field goal. We're talking about penalties on like three special teams players on return plays to wipe out decent returns. Special teams is going to get blasted this week in video review. Uh, we'll take some calls here before we get to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and whoever else we get live out from Detroit here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. Wouldn't bother me any if you watched today's game and felt a little lucky. If you do, play the new $5 <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers game and play it for the Missouri Lottery. Play responsibly. Let's go to the phones, 913-3810-810. Let's go to Gary. Gary, I bet you're feeling pretty good. What's up? I'm feeling good, but I'm also pretty angry at the same time. <clears throat> Just uh, the defense keeps rearing its ugly head. We're four weeks into this, and Spagnuolo's defense, you know, you're four weeks in now. You should start seeing some signs, and you're not. You paid $105 million in a first-round draft pick for a defensive end who I saw in a milk carton at the grocery store today. You're getting nothing out of him. Anthony Hitchens can't play the run to save his life. Xavier Williams and Jordan Lucas should be on the waiver wire tomorrow. 
I mean, you get two face mask penalties. One of them wasn't a face mask, but they still called the other one's face mask. Lucas today with his stupidity, the lack of ball security today. I'm going to tell you, the, the Chiefs, it, watching that game, it doesn't feel like the Chiefs beat Detroit. It feels like Detroit beat Detroit today. Detroit beat themselves because they, they could have won this game. And the other way, really, the Chiefs shouldn't have had to have the game that close. But, you know, there's too much reliance on Patrick Mahomes to be Superman all the time. Eventually, somebody on this football team, on that defensive side of the ball, needs to step up and take over and show that they have a pair and play like it because the Detroit secondary was beat up, banged up today. Look at how fundamentally sound they were. They were batting balls away, covering the receivers. We knew down in the red zone they were throwing it to Gallaudet, but we let them have a free run into the end zone. We didn't even get up and try and jam. We played seven yards off them in the red zone, which is really smart, by the way. But, you know, Spagnola was Andy's friend, so he's got a job. But, you know, if you're not seeing any improvement and this team is not playing in Miami, you can look at that side of the ball as the reason why. And did you see Detroit go away from the run today? No, because they didn't have to because they were able to keep the game close because their defense kept them in the ball game. I mean, you're coming home next week. You've got an Indianapolis team coming to town. Who knows what they're going to be like. But, guys... Somebody needs to ask Andy, at what point do you think, do you start asking yourself if Spagnuolo is the right guy? Because four weeks in and looking at his history, you've really got to say, no, you can't keep looking back to 2007. That was 12 years ago, guys. Things have changed. Quarterbacks getting the ball in the hands a lot quicker now. And we saw that last year in the playoffs. So, you know, at what point do you just say enough's enough? you got to get guys that can cover and you got to make them fundamentally sound. And if they're not fundamentally sound, what good are they? I'll hang up on this great show. Thanks, Gary. Uh, we will hear from Andy Reid momentarily here. Listen, you're going to give Steve Spagnuolo more than four weeks. There are plenty of things that I think Gary said there that are reasonable enough. Firing Steve Spagnuolo a quarter into his first season as defensive coordinator here is silly. Like that is that's an unnecessary reaction at this point, and and I think that that's understandable at this at this moment. I understand frustration. I don't at all understand, hey, maybe he's the wrong guy for the job right now. So we'll we'll circle back on that soon enough. Um, I think you would like this team less if Xavier Williams was not on it. He made a mistake, uh, certainly, but you are looking at a, a team that needs as many run stuffers as you can get right now. And, and again, there are totally fair criticisms in there, but I don't think asking about a, a scheme issue right now is fair I, I think that that's being I think that's being a little bit uh, a little hasty in your urge to put another head on a spike even though I thought they waited too long on Bob Sutton it's the uh, Sports Radio 810 Chiefs post game show here uh, on Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City brought to you by the Missouri Lottery um, what, how are we feeling about the podium right now Beards McFly Beards hits all the buttons uh, during the post game show here soon so no okay callers just just hang tight I would uh, try to squeeze you in here but I don't want to give you 10 seconds and then bail in fact, I'm seeing that uh, it's it's about to happen via the Sports Radio Facebook page. If you'd like to watch there alongside our show, you can also watch them live. Here's Andy Reid after the win. Okafor, um, let's straighten this up a little bit. I think he's going to be all right when it's when it's all said and done. The Damian Wilson thing was kind of weird. Um, you know, they, they asked him to come off the field, and then there was a little confusion after that exactly what went on. Then they said he could come back in, but it all worked out where he could come back in if we need him at the at the end there, so um, my hat goes off to Matt Pat- Patricia for the job that he's done. I mean, we saw this on tape, so this wasn't something that we came here not knowing, uh, but he has done a phenomenal job with this football team, and the personnel guys, 
and brought some good players in to go with that. But there's a well-coached football team right here. And um, again, my hat goes off to him for the job that he's he's done. Um, the Lions are in a good place with him at the at the helm there. Um, turnovers were a factor in the game, so we had three of them. Um, but we, we ended up getting that score on one of theirs. They had a couple of them, and we were able to score on that. Again, uh, Spags continually gets after these guys about scooping and scoring when you give them the opportunity and then finishing the play. Now, Tyron helped him along, uh, helped Breitland along with that, uh, finish it. You saw when he got to about the 50, slowed down a little bit, but ended up taking it the rest of the way. Um, and I'm sure Matt's telling his guys the same thing. Honestly, you can't have them with the turnovers that, that you have or it costs you. And this team here, the Lions, has done a great job. They did it against the Chargers, and uh, they've done a great job of uh, getting themselves scores off of turnovers and capitalizing on those things. I was proud of our defensive front for uh, the four sacks. Um, this is a quarterback that hasn't been sacked at all this year. To, to have those sacks, I thought was was a big was a big thing. And um, listen, we have we have a ton to work on both sides of the ball, special teams. So when we go back. We're going to enjoy this one, but when we get back, uh, we'll have some work to do. Uh, we're getting ready for our next opponent there. So, but this, uh, we'll enjoy it. This is a tough place to play, and it's hard to win in the National Football League. So, uh, again, uh, we'll take it. So, with that time, George. Andy, uh, people who didn't see this game might uh, look at the stats and say, hey, Pat didn't have a real big impact on this game. But those of us who did watch it go otherwise, I'd like to hear in your words. Yeah, well, he never gave up, uh, first of all, and, and he exuded that uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, very easily a young guy can get in the tank um, if things aren't going right, whether it's his problem or somebody else's problem. You just start pointing the finger, you start pointing point the finger at yourself, and you go in the tank. But he didn't do that at all. He just kept it going. He said, we're going to win the game. We just got to kind of get rid of some of this garbage here. And, um, whether it's his or whether it's somebody else's, uh, whether it's a bad play call, you know, whatever it was, just get rid of it and, and keep moving forward. So I, I thought he, he did that. And, you know, the, the opportunity to hit a couple guys down the stretch there that really haven't had opportunities to make a ton of plays between Bell and Pringle um, is a great thing. So, I mean, that's uh, Pringle was about two inches away from getting a – Data chip commercial, so he was real close there. Oh, they played man coverage, and the, you're gonna have some big ones, and then you're gonna have some ones that don't look so good. <clears throat> but we know that we knew that coming in. Um, you know, we, we were still able to score some points, uh, which was important, and, uh, and come out with a win. But you know, it's a that's a full day's work. Um, when you when you do that, so we, we got some nice runs in there, which which helped. Awesome. Coach, I made one was the crowd noise a factor for the offense, but also uh, talk more about the defense in that front four because just you know just when it looked like Detroit might open up the lead, they came through to stop them on third down and get those stops. Yeah, so um, the crowd. I mean, they were loud. I, I thought I thought we handled that pretty good. I didn't think that was necessarily the issue. Uh, but they were loud. I mean, we all know that. Our ears were ringing from But it, they, um, I didn't think that that was as much an issue as we were just off by a tick, you know, in, in some areas. So, um, and then uh, as far as the defensive front goes, they kept battling. 
and that that ended up being a huge thing down the stretch for us. So, and when they didn't get to the quarterback, they at least had pressure on made a move, and and so I, I thought that that you know, that became that was important uh, throughout the game. In fact, they played a lot of man to man. Is that why Pat had so many running lanes? <clears throat> yeah, well, they, were, they had doubles on, so when they start doubling people. Um, you know, there are going to be some lanes, and he knew that, and that's where he took off. He had to make a fourth down play, so, I mean, that was big as they come right there. But they, that's one of the things, if you're going to double people, you have a chance of giving that up and rushing three as so. well. Patrick's plays with his legs. You referenced it a little bit. The fourth down play also earlier, where it occurred high after rushing, and the main plays with his feet. Yeah, so he's got a real good feel for that. Um, he probably had some earlier. He, where he, where he ended up throwing, completed them, but he had he had a couple of chances earlier where he could have done uh, done the same thing, um, but he, he chose to throw it. But that's just one of the things that kind of come when you're rolling different coverages, and, and and Matt knows that. I mean, that's you try to get your guys and keep them in lanes, but sometimes you get out of, get out of position. And Pat saw that. We talked about it on the sideline, and, and uh, he took advantage of it. Yeah. Last call, <laughs> Coach. Obviously, halftime. One set of adjustments you wanted to make, but then the fumble coming out of the third quarter. You know, what adjustment were you planning on making before? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you kind of saw it once we got going. You know, we didn't change much after that, uh, after the fumble. I mean, it's too bad that that happened. I mean, Cole's done a nice job for us. And, and so those things are going to happen. A young player, you got the ball out a little bit, they stripped you, you could kind of see it coming. It was one of those that. You felt like you're in slow motion. Ball got away from his body. You got to keep it high and tight in there, and make sure you keep those five points of ball leverage. He can learn from that. He's a smart kid. He'll learn from it and get better from it. Last coach, you know, there was an emphasis, or it seemed like there's been an emphasis on refs not blowing plays dead. Just how important was that on Rashad Wheeling's return? Yeah, that's a veteran crew. Maybe the the, the most veteran crew. I mean, that's um, uh, they've been around a while, so. Walt, Walt, Walt does a good job with all that, and I thought he did a nice job throughout. I mean, he was the one following it, so he kept it kept it alive, and, and um, you know, they get the advantage of the review after scores, so they had a chance to see it in turnovers. The last one, just uh, the Travis Kelsey lateral to Is that how you drew that one? Yeah, we worked on that quite a little bit. <laughs> I'll take full credit for that one. All right, guys, thank you. All right, good, thanks. That's Andy Reid live from Detroit. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, grab a bottle of 360 Vodka for your next tailgate or watch party. 360 Vodka is the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and has your game day cocktails covered all season long. Also brought to you by KC Grilling Company, located in Olathe at 159th and Merlin. Your one-stop stop for all your tailgating needs. Stop by and check out KC Grilling Company or go to kcgrilling.com. I know we've got a full phone board. We'll start going through those as soon as we hear from Patrick Mahomes. Probably going to get him live any second here in Detroit. Uh, any word on anyone else coming to the podium, Beards? I'll take a thumbs up, thumbs down, or a verbal acknowledgement. I'm assuming Mahomes. Other than him? No. Great. Uh, we will hear from the entire locker room and a bunch of other stuff. Brad, talk until uh, Patrick Mahomes shows up. Anything there from Andy Reid that interests you? <laughs> he still has a sense of humor after a game like that. So. I'm surprised his heart still functions after a game. I get, you know, he's a veteran. At this yes. point, I'm not. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll build up a tolerance. He's been around for a little bit. That's I, fair. It was. It's week four. He did offer his frank criticism of McCole Hardman on the fumble he had on the mm-hmm. uh, the kick return. He talked about a, a five point contact or five points of contact that yep. he didn't have down. So, you know, special teams got to call them out um, when necessary. But um, I thought it was also right to acknowledge the pressure that the Chiefs defense was getting on Matthew Stafford. Now Stafford, I thought had a had a pretty good game. I thought he was really good. 
But there were many times. I go through my my play sheet and look how many times I wrote down. Uh, Stafford pressured. Stafford flushed. Yeah. Stafford runs. So there was there was good pressure on Matthew Stafford today. And for as much as you know, I, I know Gary he's ready to fire Steve Spagnuolo now. Gary, right. I'm just giving you a hard time, Gary. But um, I I thought they did a nice job of getting him out of his comfort zone and what they what they call off his spot. I think they did that an okay amount of times. Yes. I want to I want to split that difference. Okay. Because I partially agree with what you're getting at there and I I don't want to fire Steve Spagnolo. I I wrote as Gary was talking that first call and again we'll get more of your calls here in just a little bit. I know some of you hold on been on hold for a while but I don't want to get you started and you know break 5 seconds in with Mahomes. Um but you know, I I actually think that the pressure today was okay. Yes. Like you said they moved Matt Stafford around a decent amount. There were some instances of guys uh being able to just beat their one-on-one matchups. There was the blitz with Tyron Matthew where he was completely unblocked. A really fun blitz, too, where it was him and Sorensen coming on the same side, but inside of where Frank Clark was lined up. That was great. Chris Jones had a couple of instances where he dominated his guy. I believe one was undone by penalty. Uh, he, He punched the ball. I also mentioned earlier that Matt Stafford didn't turn the ball over. He did. It was knocked out of his hand. Um, and so I, I think that, again, pressure was okay. I would love to see some some of the advanced stats that will come out, if not over the next couple of hours, but over the next week and the next couple of days to get a little smarter about how often Stafford was moved off his spot. But my hunch after watching that game is that it happened enough. There were a few instances where Stafford delivered an excellent ball, and I don't want to say that to to acquit the uh, the defensive backs who just have their helmet fused to their shoulder pads, I guess, because mm-hmm. they never get their head around, man. It just, it is, it is... It's irritating. It is a plague on this defense. Uh, it, it just seems like they're going to struggle with that for the rest of time. Yeah, another player that, that has stood out now the last two weeks, okay? We, we had the big the big dollar and the big name signings on the Chiefs defense. You had Frank, uh, Frank Clark, $100 million deal. And Tyron Matthew, one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, even Okafor was a big name in New Orleans. The guy who's getting it done right now is Emmanuel uh, Ogba. Yeah, he's been great. His uh, his run blitz and his ability to stretch out run plays to the yep. sideline and that play get support. Excellent. And uh, and another play that stood out for me today, and it's painfully obvious. I don't think I'm breaking new ground here. Bashad Breland was outstanding today, and the touchdown was exceptional. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're hearing a little bit of word that uh, there's some. Uh, rumblings happening uh, in the media room in Detroit. So we're just a, a second away from hearing from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Also, Mitch Trubisky is out with the shoulder injury for Chicago. That just came down the line. He left a little bit earlier. Chase Daniel is in there. Uh, but a lot going on in the NFL today that I'll try to keep you up on as well. But for Mahomes, I, I expect to hear some interesting discussions yeah. and, and hopefully honest discussions about having a, a imperfect game that doesn't start with an ankle injury. It's just something wasn't ideal there, and then still you get the scramble on fourth and eight and the, the touchdown on the drive when you need to actually score. Um, but we're still we're still waiting. We'll get to Mahomes here in, hopefully in just a second. And some of that I, I'm going to put back on uh, Andy Reid a little bit uh, since you know going back to last year, Andy Reid likes to sit next to Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Keep your confidence up. I'm not so sure a guy like, and I, I don't want to bag on Baker Mayfield. I think he's fine. I don't mm-hmm. some of his shenanigans mm-hmm. or get wear you down a little bit. But you even go back to last year, and, and Andy Reid consistently just keep, keeping the quarterback confident, keeping Patrick Mahomes confident. This is what we're doing. It's not going well right now. We're going to come back to it later in the game. We're going to get a chance in the fourth quarter. You need to keep us in this long enough for us to get a win at the end. And I think that all goes back to last year and laying that groundwork. And during a game like today, where it's not going great, 
where you're out of sync, where you're throwing at guys' feet, where you're off by one or two yards on certain passes. It's that Andy Reid effect of, okay, gosh, this stinks, and we might lose this game. No, actually, keep going. We're Stick with the game plan, yeah. and we're going to have a chance. Um, I I also would say that the game plan did adjust. There were still instances of play calls that I was not deeply happy with. Me like either. ever running the ball on first and 10, certainly running the ball on second and 10. I, I don't think this offense needs to trust that it needs to convince the defense that they are physically capable of running the football. Whenever you do it is whenever there are six defensive backs. We're going to head out now to Detroit as Patrick Mahomes is getting ready to address the media following a victory on the road in a dome for the first time in a regular season game in his professional career. A game where he does not throw a touchdown pass, but does uh, use his legs to, to reasonable amounts of success, moves the offense down the field whenever they absolutely, mu- uh, absolutely must get a score. Here's Patrick Mahomes in Detroit. Doing those different things. I mean, it's still not where I want it to be. It's not like uh, it was before the injury, but... Uh, I'm still able to run and move around enough, and so uh, with what they were doing, I knew there was lanes for me to run, and so I just I just saw the lane and just took it. Obviously, it seemed like I mean the turnovers, the, a lot of not making your best play today. You still get a win out of a game like that. What's that just say about your guys' I guess resiliency for a yeah, I mean, it shows how you fight through adversity. I mean, it wasn't just the offense, it wasn't just defense, it wasn't just special teams. It was, as a, as a whole, we just found ways to pick each other up whenever the other was struggling. And so, I mean, in, the, in this league, it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be 50 points and three touchdown wins. You're going to have to find a way to win these games against great teams. And so, for us, we know that this win, of not playing our best football and finding a way to win is going to help us uh, tremendously as we get to the end of the season. So, how are you going back to training camp? You guys work on those situations I think the whole message that I had the whole second half to the, my teammates in the huddle was just be be who we are. Uh, I mean, it's not about someone having to do something spectacular. It's not about someone having to do and be more than what than themselves. It's about believing in each other and just being who we are, and then letting their, everything kind of fall in line when you ever you follow those footsteps. Patrick, first you watched the film um, on this defense, but were they doing anything differently than what you saw? No, we knew they were gonna they were gonna double kills a lot. Uh, we knew that they were gonna play some man coverage, and I mean they just did a good job of it. I felt like we moved the ball well, uh, uh, kind of down the field between the twenties, and we just couldn't execute in the red zone. And then at the same time, the turnovers. I mean they they kill they kill drives, and so for us it's gonna be about going back now and finding a way to execute better in the red zone, and then finding a way to to secure the ball and not give the ball back to the other team. Uh, this was the first game for you without. A- touchdowns in a while, which I know you don't care about as long as you win, but uh, do you still feel like you had the same impact on today's game that you had, all, let's say, the first three games this year? Yeah, I mean, just finding whatever way is to win the football game. I mean, that, that that's how you roll in this league. It's not always the, the touchdowns and the, and the yards. It's about just finding a way to win, and if that was running for the first down, if that was handing the ball off, letting my running backs work for me, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do that. I mean, uh, if you want to be great as a team and as, as a player, it's, it's how, how you win the game. And so for me, I'm just going to go out there every single week and do whatever it takes to, to win. Couple more guys. It was none of it. I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was another play where I was just trying to scramble and extend the play, and the guys were working for me. And I, I actually saw LaShawn first, and I saw Kelsey further down the field, and I, I threw it to him. And I just saw that look in his eye. I knew something was going to happen. So, I, <laughs> but, uh, but that's such an amazing play. But I got to think that in that moment. And, and it's a selfless play because, I mean, it's giving all of his yards to LaShawn on, on that play. So it just shows 
in the same sense as he, he just wants to win in whatever way possible. Patrick, is one thing to practice with Lab Morris, this method of play, the Stone experience. Uh, this is the first time you played in the regular season, and you won't play in the league on the road the rest of, the, rest of this year. How, how effective this was in crowd noise in the play calling for you trying to get things done? Yeah, I mean, it was it was loud for sure. I mean, those guys, they were rowdy, especially on that last drive and, and uh, a few of the drives before that. And uh, we, we had to find ways to execute it. I mean, it helps out that we play in a division with a lot of teams like Denver and Oakland, and, and we played Seattle last year and we're, where it's loud. And so we've been experienced with that. And going back to that and knowing that and just being able to use the silent cadence and use your nonverbal communication and the stuff that we work on all throughout the offseason. That, that Lions defense, Ben, don't Yeah, I mean, they executed at a high level. They found ways to get the ball out of our hands, to get fumbles, uh, and then they found ways to take away some of the stuff that we like to do. And I feel like there were still plays to be had that we didn't execute on. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that's a good football team, and, and they hadn't lost a game for a reason. Is there a, Patrick, I remember you saying back in training camp that with all the rotations of guys that were playing with the one, you said, whenever you get the opportunity, just, just make a play. That's what you tell your team. So on the final drive, Kelsey, Marcus Robinson, Darrell Williams, Byron Pringle. What's it like for you to watch everybody have success when their opportunities presented themselves in that last drive? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was preaching that the whole second half. It's not about trying to do something spectacular. It's about being who you are. And and that, that's what I was telling the guys the whole time is I'm going to go to whoever's open. I don't care who it is. If it's if it's Ted over here open, I'm going to throw him the ball. And so it's uh, it's uh, it's it's about them just playing hard and, and finding a way to, to do whatever they can to make a positive impact on the game. Uh, no, because, I mean, no matter how frustrating it, it, it was, I mean, we still had a chance to win the game in the end. And so, uh, I mean, if you're ever in the at the end of the game and you have a chance to win, you have to have that mentality and that confidence that you're going to go out there and do that. I know that there's been so much made of the offense and the numbers that you guys have put up, but the defense, what they were able to do today, not that they're not plays that they would want back, but their response after some of the short fields with the fumbles, just how big was that and how much confidence does it give you guys to see the defense when they get their opportunity to be able to score? Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole game was a whole team effort. I mean, that was the biggest thing. I mean, we were putting them in some bad situations as far as fumbles and, and giving them these short fields, and they were finding ways. They got a, they got a touchdown to put up. They got on the board. Uh, they they found ways to get goal line stands and hold hold them to field goals or whatever it was. And obviously, I mean, they, they want to hold them to less points, but they they found a way in the critical situations to do whatever it took to, to win the football game. That's Patrick Mahomes live from Detroit right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And Patrick Mahomes' post-game press conference is brought to you by GoodSense. GoodSense was founded 30 years ago right here in Kansas City and couldn't be more proud of their hometown. They know to be truly good at something takes hard work, and it just makes good sense to have Patrick Mahomes as a part of their team. Uh, let's get one call in here really quick, and uh, Josh has been hanging on the line since the uh, beginning of the show. Josh on the Chiefs post-game show, what's up? Hey, actually, this is Ryan. And, uh, I sorry, cannot sorry Ryan. Gary. Uh, be, Does Gary work for A-10, buddy? I'm going to tell you he what. He doesn't. I, that I guy promise. is a goofball. I would love to punch that guy in the face. Uh, <laughs> That's wow. aggressive, Ryan. Deep, no, 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 That guy is wrong. He's in the game season in Indiana. I mean, Jesus Christ. Excuse my language. I believe in Christianity. All right? But that guy is a nut. And I'm getting tired of that dude. I love you, Gary. I'll buy your beer. But we got to explain what the hell you think. So, anyway, thanks, guys. Go Chiefs. 
Thanks for making me wait for that long. Listen, right. Ryan, here's what I here's what I want to offer you in return. The next time, the next time that Gary and Ryan are the first two people on the line again, I don't know why it said Josh on the phone line. There's a Ryan later on that I'm guessing that maybe the other Ryan is actually Josh. I'm not sure. I think it's Dimaggio's fault. Next time you two call in at the same time, if you guys will hang on until the second segment, I will I will put both of you on at the same time and let you guys argue. That's what I'm willing to do. Uh bleep the FCC, we're going to risk it. We're going to roll the dice on that one. That that was going off the rails kind of cool. I was getting nervous there. I like Gary and we Ryan had a, We had a punch in the face, we I, had, but we're all Christian brothers. And Ryan and, Ryan and Gary. There's a lot to pick apart there. Ryan and Gary, as callers in this post-game show, are the angel and demon on <laughs> each of you, on your shoulders, and I love that they both exist. We are so overdue for a break. We've got a bunch to break down. We'll get to more of your calls, 913-3810-810. We're going to blow through a bunch of them whenever we get back. Brad and I both have stuff to say. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Abrisco. It's all right here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs Post Game Show on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Ryder up front along with Schwartz. Kelsey tucked in there. Off the right hip, handoff, Darrell Williams trying to dive, 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 touchdown, Kansas City! Darrell Williams gets barely into the end zone with 20 seconds left in the game to put the Chiefs up 33-30. That is without question our Tullamore Dew Tully touchdown of the game. We raise a toast to Darrell Williams on his second touchdown of the season, being the second touchdown of this game today. It, an unbelievable stretch of plays down there in the red zone. Darrell Williams with a touchdown. Tullamore Dew is the original triple-blended smooth-sipping Irish whiskey made exactly for these great moments in fandom. Please drink Tullamore Dew responsibly. Still waiting for the uh, delivery from Tullamore Dew, are we? Yeah, I'm going to take my watch thinking, here. It's been a full season. I keep thinking like Hunger Games, you know, like where the contestants... They, they just drop them out of the they sky? They drop the prizes what out of the sky. What a reference, and, and Brad. You, you hear the doo-doo-doo. Yes, and maybe we look out the window and oh my gosh, here's just more do parachute down and lay on the balcony, which we can't Thank open right now because it rained recently. Thank you to my sponsor for sending me some Tullamore Dew. Now oh. I'm gonna go whack some more kids. That is excellent. By the way, love Mitch Holtis on that play call there. Yes, said, diving, dive. I thought I was <laughs> on, I thought I was on the diving. deck of a U.S. nuclear submarine. That's an incredibly. Can you save that that incredibly good submarine sound from Brad? That was off, actually awful. Can you put that in the intro for next week? <laughs> Chiefs win. That's <laughs> if they lose. That's fair, actually. Uh, we've we've been keeping people on hold for a while now. Let's go ahead and go to Ryan. Ryan, you're on Sports Radio Eight Ten. What's up? Oh Whoa, no. no, Ryan! Oh, he was there for so long. It's like a forty-five minute on hold, right? Yeah, listen, we'll give Ryan one more chance. Let's try Butch. What's up, Butch? Gentlemen, how about those Chiefs? How about oh. my heart rate and blood pressure? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I feel you on that. But here, let me tell you why you shouldn't be too discouraged, JB. I am calling you from San Diego, California. It's nice and sunny out here, man, with <laughs> you guys right here. So I wasn't worried whatsoever. I had a couple of mimosas. I was enjoying myself as I watched the game. Sounds great. But a few things. I, I usually call here, and I, I have my whole points and, and what have you about what I feel about the game. Let me respond to some of the people who have already called in, namely Gary, who called in earlier. Gary, relax, man. Like Patrick said, we put that defense in so many bad situations, fumbling on special teams, 
fumbling on offense and the defense having to defend 40, year, 40 yards worth of field, that's not good. Mm. We consistently put them in situations that they could not hold up to, then in the past they would have failed miserably on, and we would have gotten smoked if this were two or three years ago. I give kudos to a defense like that with Steve Spagnuolo because if Bashad William doesn't get that fumble and run all the way to the end zone like he was coached to do, you lose that game. Yeah. You lose in Detroit if you don't get those seven points. Okay, that's, that's my one big point there. My second big point, I'll let you guys discuss this. Hey, notice this. Last couple games we've had, Ravens and Lions, right? Mm-hmm. What do you notice, gentlemen? I want to know what you game. noticed. What, what did you ah! notice? Okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. End of the game. Who has the ball? Chiefs have the ball. Chiefs, isn't it? Yes, sir. Well, the Chiefs have the ball. So before, before it was us waiting for the defense to get a stop for yep. us in big games like this, yep. now the offense has the ball with an opportunity to score and win. That's the difference this year. We're trusting the offense to get it together and do their thing. Even when they fumble early in the game, they're able to rebound, get us a touchdown, get us a first down to end the game. That's how I know the defense is working. I'll take myself off the air. Coach Chiefs. Thanks, Butch. Appreciate the call. That's actually something that Dylan McCullough talked about on Friday this week, about wanting to end games with the football in their hands. The Chiefs obviously didn't literally end the game with the ball in their hands, but they gave it back to the Lions with like 10 seconds left and the lead. So I bet Dylan McCullough would, would, would admit that if they're going to give the ball back with the lead with 30 seconds left or whatever, they'll probably take that because it wasn't great, but it was it'll do. One other thing from what Butch just said that I really think is, is worth noting there. All of the time we spend wasting, I would say, talking about, oh, you you don't want to keep the defense on the field too much. You don't want to score too fast and give them the ball back. What do you think a defense prefers? Being on the field for 40 minutes of a football game because the offense can't stop scoring? Or the game that happened today where the Chiefs never scored too fast? They sure didn't. The Chiefs never scored too fast at all. They did put the defense in in relatively bad positions. They had special teams and offensive mistakes that they had to deal with. The defense had to capitalize on some mistakes from the Lions' offense. What do you think that defense preferred? I would bet you anything that that defense would rather played 50 minutes on the field for an offense that could not stop stop scoring touchdowns as opposed to a game that was as tight and nerve-wracking as this was the whole way through. So I'm glad that Butch mentioned that because I think this is a wonderful microcosm of of that sort of logical fallacy. By the way, our caller brought up the Bashad Breland touchdown. Yep. And I took a note on this while I was watching the game. Is this in the WTF section? This is not. Well, I should should put it it in there. You should add it to the WTF page. Add it to it. Beards. So. Have your hand over that dumb button, buddy. Because every time I almost I say WTF, which is what's written on the page, it's just yes. the three letters. I get nervous for myself. Well, I don't. So I'm I don't know the, if my dumb button works. I don't. Even, I, I'm to the point now where I don't want to say what the blank because exactly. I'm, a, I'm afraid I'll say it because you're gonna blank it up. And so I'll just say WTF. Me too. So That's if what I'm working on. If you want to make your, if you want to raise your pulse again after watching that game, go back and look at the fumble and Bashad Breland picking it up and running with it. Yep. A player for the Lions actually puts an arm on him, like, well, maybe I'll tackle him, maybe, nah, they're going to blow this dead anyway, yep. and gave up on the play. Yep. There was no whistle, yep. and Brashad Breland could have easily been tackled at the two- or three-yard line. Lions player gave up on the play. So, again, if you want to raise your pulse rate again and think what might have been, what could have happened, go back and watch that replay. Also, I would add, um, in a game where there was a lot of questions about the refs, I actually thought this game was pretty well it's refereed. Yeah. Uh, but that play, they did the exact right, right thing where they say, hey, let there be a turnover or let there be a touchdown. We can overturn that in a second. Right. 
if they blow the play dead, the Lions keep the ball there, or maybe the Chiefs get it at the goal line, or maybe as, as a touchback. There was there was no whistle blown there because they actually stuck to the thing they were supposed to call. Now listen, if I can cross-promote Tuesday night on Almost Entirely Sports, we're going to have Beards' baby sad fans on Reddit. I bet Lions fans don't think that this game was terribly well-refereed. Uh, Beards could have Don't get- spoil my bet! I think that that bit's going to be involved. I actually thought this game was pretty well refereed. I You could have ma- had that first touchdown that was overturned, stay a touchdown. I wouldn't have been pissed about it, but I anyway, I digress. Well, it's, it, it's a Walt Corey-led crew, and Walt Corey is one of the best. Look, I don't have a ranking of referees anywhere, but right. he's one of the best all the time. He's, he's well-respected. And what, what was pointed out during the broadcast by Charles Davis and was it um, – uh, Burkhart? That's a great question. Okay. I had that tab open earlier, and I've closed it since. Yeah, it's uh, and they're both really good. Charles Davis is fantastic. They had they had their not but, so great moments, but, right. but Charles Davis had some very good moments of breaking some stuff down well, that I appreciate. He pointed out that this crew, the Walt Corey crew, had the play last week where they blew a play dead too mm. early, mm-hmm. and then on replay mm-hmm. it was like, oh, they should have let that play go. And sometimes just it's a learning curve a little bit. Okay, let the play go, and heads up to Bashad Breland who. He came out of that like a like a rugby scrum. Where mm-hmm. is he? Oh, there mm-hmm. he is. A guy gets a hand on him and quits. He didn't quit on the play. And that's we've seen too many in the last I don't know twenty five years. How many times does a guy half ass it down the field and, and they're gonna go call it back anyway? Kept running. So nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you want to hop in line on the phone, right now you literally can't. You're gonna have to wait till someone hangs up and then you can try <laughs> your hand at it. Uh, we're going to give a second run for Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Oh no, Ryan! Right? Yes, oh. Thank goodness, I got nervous for you. What's up, man? All right. Hey, so after how many weeks of these defensive backs not turning around and trying to locate the ball? Don't get me started, you Ryan. To think it's I'm, being coached. No, go. You 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 go off. I'm going to move away from the microphone because this this makes me sad. And it's even trickling down to the linebackers. It's like safeguarding is now the name and face of our defense. Talk to him, Ryan. In a day and age where playmakers are so prevalent, yeah, Ryan, you have to have playmakers on the defense. The only takeaway from this game that you can have, uh, that we can win and struggle, is we don't have enough on defense. And Andy Reid should be on the phone. Brett Beach should be on the phone, calling Jacksonville to figure out what we can do to get Jalen Ramsey. Amen, Ryan. Amen. Take him to church. Thank you for the call, Ryan. I appreciate it. And uh, if you didn't pick up on it, I agree with a predominant number of things that you've said there. Uh, yeah, man. I Listen, I don't know if the Jags are going to move Jalen Ramsey. He's not playing today. I don't know. I don't know about the price tag and the contract and all of that. I, I, I don't know. At this point, I'm guessing the Cardinals feel okay about where they're standing right now, so maybe they don't feel like moving Patrick Peterson. I don't know. But I, but the, the, the corners turning their heads around. And you're right to bring that up because Anthony Hitchens was in great position and it could have been called pass interference. It yep. wasn't, but it sure could have been down in the uh, in the front corner of the end zone. And this has been a problem. Someone tweeted about this a second ago and then I tweeted about it. I'm at JB Briscoe. Uh, Brad's at Brad K. Porter. I, I tweeted in response to basically someone making that, that same point. Here's what I would argue specifically for Charverius Ward. As the only corner currently on this team for more than just this season on his current contract... I could absolutely understand someone trying to sell me on the idea of of Traverius Ward is currently pretty good at the hardest part of playing corner in the NFL. It is locking up with the guy and running with him wherever he goes. Man coverage, Traverius Ward is in the right spot. But good God, his helmet uh-huh. is fused to his shoulder pads. Yes. 
And maybe, and someone else has already responded and say, hey, why do you believe this? What leads you to believe this? Maybe the coaching staff says, I think we can can make him better at this thing. Maybe in coaching, there's a place you can get where over time, with more confidence, feeling better about where you are on this roster and in this NFL, maybe you you develop as someone who has the ability to actually get that head around at the last second, make a play on the ball. I don't know. And if Traverius Ward's career doesn't go anywhere past this, that will be the reason why. But I've absolutely noticed it. I feel like I am uh, feeding a fed horse here. And every single time one of those plays happens where the, 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 the DB is in the right spot and his head is facing the wrong direction, I want to collapse onto the floor. I, I get the – what I was doing today is I do that thing like um, – I don't do it at all baseball games, but you know when you see the pitcher do something funky and half the crowd says, balk! Right. That's a balk! And, right. no, and nobody understands the rule, right? Right, right. So when I was watching today's game, I kind of had that similar reaction watching the Chiefs' uh, defensive backs where that's face guarding, that's going to be a penalty. They don't call that anymore. Yeah. And then the – you know, years ago it used to be as soon as you saw face guarding, the flag's out. Right. They don't call that anymore. No. And if it worked more but often, still, I'd feel better would, about it. I know. <laughs> I just wish I wouldn't have to think about that because yeah. you're right. Because every time I saw a Chiefs defensive back, I, that, was, that was going through my head. Well, it's face guarding. That would have been a penalty, but it was over and over. It's face guarding. It's face guarding. It's face guarding. Turn around. Yes. Please. For me, it's not about that being a penalty anymore. And again, for Hitchens, it was because he came in like a wrecking ball. And yes. like you could have definitely had too. him. He body checked a yes. dude. Like that would still be past interference. Um but it, it, it's something that I don't totally understand where that hiccup is. It's a new defensive coaching staff. Maybe that's the thing right now. I mean, I saw back in mini camps and, and all throughout training camps, Steve Spagnuolo pulling Traverius Ward off to the side and working with him one-on-one on stuff. He puts himself in the right spot, which, again, I have some optimism about. Never getting his head around is, is really painful. Also, I think Andy Reid alluded to this at the beginning of his presser, saying that there's something weird with Damian Wilson. He just tweeted out a little bit ago, everything is fine, Chiefs Kingdom, LOL, just had a little mix-up. So, like, that, he got pulled off the field because it looked like he was a little woozy. He was. Doing the mandatory concussion protocol thing. I don't know if he felt like he should have been back in after that or what, but I just wanted to give a, a follow-up injury update, literally, from the source there. That was that. By the way, that play is on my WTF sheet because I don't know when the last time I sheet, saw. Sheet, he said. Sheet. Yes, I I don't know the last time I remember hearing uh, he's been pulled off the uh, field by the doctor upstairs in the booth, which yeah. I'm I'm fine with. Yeah, that should that but should it exist. Just kind of like oh yeah okay and he look if he was off balance I get it but he he was not stable when he was on the ground he tried to get up a couple of times yep. he couldn't. So, so it, sounds, it sounds like things are, are relatively good over there. Things are also relatively good on the phone lines because they're still full. Let's go to Mario. What's up, Mario? Hey, gentlemen. How y'all doing today? No complaints. Actually, lots of complaints. But all things all things <laughs> considered, not too bad. How are you? Uh, man, you know, I, you know, it's good to get a win, man. But, you know, you got some concerns, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. with the defensive tackling. I mean, you know, that's a very much a concern. I mean, the tackling. He's in tackling want to. I mean, and I just don't. I don't understand. They've got being positions to make plays, and they just not not making them. Another concern of mine, and I don't want, I'm going to sound like Gary Junior, but but uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, man. Beach, I'm still, you know, kind of, you know, basically, uh, you know, checking this guy out, see really what he really is bringing to the table as a GM, because. Uh, I, he, he, I tell you what, I think I think Seattle might have shut this down. 
I'm just, I mean, I mean, for what they put in in, in, in the hype machine about what Frank Clark was, I'm expecting to see a little bit more than what I'm seeing out of this guy right now. And he whiffed on one of them tackles yeah, that on, was bad. on Stafford. And yeah. uh, I'm just kind of concerned about that greatly because I'm starting to wonder, is, is Beach really the talent evaluator that they say he is? I'm, I'm the, the, just, the jury's still out on that for me personally. And, and uh, I'm concerned about also the fact that, you know, Beach moves up in the draft and he gives away a lot of draft capital because he identifies this guy as somebody I can't live without. But I just can't understand it also either why it, the Chiefs could use some help in various positions. And I wasn't really not to slam anybody, but I wasn't sold on that. Saunders pick, here's a guy, a third-round pick that's inactive all year, even mm-hmm. after Speaks went out hurt, mm-hmm. you know. So you think that would have bumped him up a little bit. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, I would have my concerns about Damian Williams because he, he never really has been the bell cow guy. Mm-hmm. So as a godsend to get uh, Shady like we did, but just imagine if we didn't get Shady and then Damian went down. We, we, we could be hurting right now at running back. Yeah. Even that, even that third round pick could have been used for running back, or even some more depth on the old line. Because I mean, hey, the old line is, is pretty shaky. And I think this is a lesson. Also, I want to say for Jesus Kingdom, you know, hey, we've never had a quarterback, and we've never had an expectation expectation level be so high. But I, I'll say this: I tip my hat to Detroit Lions. They brought it today. Hey, this Matt Patricia looks like he is probably one of the very few good. Uh, Belichick disciples who might stick a little bit in this league. The way those guys are going after the ball and punching that ball out, even how they – Sammy only had to fall another yard forward or two to get mm-hmm. the first down, and the guy punches the ball out of him. So, hey, I, I tip my hat to the Lions. It just goes to show you don't just think you're going to roll out there, go out there on the field and just roll anybody. Hey, Patrick Jones is, is a great talent, MVP, but every year we got to – every week you got to bring it. And, no, and people, you know, he's got that, that bullseye on his back being the MVP. So we can go out here and make a name for ourselves if we shut this guy down or if we if we beat this team. And so, hey, that being said, you got to bring it to get it. You can't come out here like no cabbage, all head, no rear. So you better start bringing it week in and week out. So you know good. What I'm yeah, that's and excellent. I, I love the Chiefs. I know some people going to say, oh, man, you ain't no Chiefs fan. But I go back and say this again. If you're a married man, we all love our wives because we picked them. But, hey, that don't mean you like everything they do. So just because you, you know, bring it to bear or put it out there, it don't mean you're trying to blame anybody or that you don't love them, okay? And even if for the wives out there, hey, you love your husband, but you don't like everything they do either. So, you know, hey, we got to give each other a little grace from time to time, I guess. Mario, I appreciate it. Always good to hear from you. That's an A-plus call. That, that that's killer right there. That sounds like a TED talk. It really does. Yeah, I feel like if Mario wants to call in after the post game show and do a little marriage advice, I think we could probably set it up with some equipment. Um, a, a couple of things there, real quick. Frank Clark concerns. I get it. The missed tackle where he needed to catch uh, Matt Stafford by the ankle. He did need to. That's not something that depends on how much money you're making. Like sometimes that foot just goes through your hands. But it was bad, and he hasn't had the dominant moments that a guy like Chris Jones had a couple of times today. Again, that ball that he knocked out of Matt Stafford's hands that was undone by a penalty. He he had uh, I think he just had the straight up sack, or maybe it was a, just a tackle in the backfield. There were three or four times though where you go, oh, Chris Jones. He's been a game wrecker, especially in that first half. Um, I I earned some respect for Matt Patricia today, no question, and. The, the the Brett Veach questions again, like to the maybe Mario's larger point. 
being critical of the team you're rooting for is totally within the confines of fandom. Like you can definitely, you are. I am certainly not going to criticize you for being critical of the team you're rooting for by any means. In fact, I think if you're not critical, there's probably something disingenuous going on there. But whenever you look at a guy like Colin Saunders not playing through four games as a third round draft pick. I think the Chiefs kind of knew what they were getting into with him, and it was going to be a project. A lot of third-round picks are projects. You can go back to to John Dorsey. He spent a third-round pick on Kavari Russell, who didn't even make the 53-man roster. Now, that is a big miss, but it's something that you take note of. Now, listen, if you're if you're not sure if Veach made the right pick for Breland Speaks or uh, Colin Saunders, I totally get it. And also, um, if you look at at you know the Saunders thing, or and then you juxtapose that with Frank Clark, he also brought in Damian uh, Damian Wilson, who we've talked He's about as good. being yeah. excellent yep. this this season so far. So I think that all has to be taken all together. And for for Colin Saunders, I kind of go back to this to uh, after the draft and up at training camp, uh, got all the attention for the videos. Yeah, this guy's three hundred twenty pounds and he can backflip all the way across the room. And right. uh, he was a running back in high school. Can you believe that? So it was a, it was a great storyline. But when you watched at training camp and you watch the exhibition games, it's, it's he's got some work to do. A lot of work to do. So I'm not too worried about it. If they, you know, I'm assuming they knew what they were getting into when they drafted him. And yep. here's the work we got to put in, and here's the coaching we got to do. And then at some point he'll be ready. Uh, let's go to Norm. Norm, you're on the Sports Radio 10 Chiefs Post Game Show. What's up? Hey, hello, fellas. This is Norm from Orlando, Florida. We have a very big Chiefs base down here. Um, I just wanted to call in to let you know that I really thought the defense pulled through today. I think we saw our offense in a position that we're not used to being in, and they got us in the right position to score. I just wanted to get your intake on that. I'm glad the Chiefs won today, but I really think regardless of how many points we gave up to Detroit – our defense really came through at the end, and I think that this was a good test for our Chiefs to be on the road. Well, what are your uh, thoughts? Norm, I appreciate the call. Um, I think that whenever you look at any defense that forces three turnovers in a game, you don't even necessarily look at what the score was. If you said, hey, I'll give you 30 points but three, uh, but, but three turnovers and one that goes all the way back mm-hmm. for a touchdown – Everybody takes that all the time. You you would take that in every instance. But the defensive touchdown was super weird. If Bashad Breland would have picked that off in the end zone and run it back, I think the energy is totally different mm-hmm. about that play. Again, you had a strip sack from Chris Jones that you forget about because of, again, I can't even remember what it was that ended up not letting that count. But you I think have it was the, one of the face mask calls because there were I think you're two, right. There were two of them in the game. I think you're right. Uh, you you have the Chris the the well, I mean it was Derek Derek Naughty's not getting credit for it on the sheet that I'm looking at but Derek Naughty basically Derek. chased Matt Stafford and yep. then Stafford dropped it weirdly I don't know um, you you have that kind of actually I'm looking at the recoveries here so maybe they did give him credit for the the strip on the fumble I'm not sure but whenever you have that many turnovers that you're able to create over the course of a game when you're put in bad positions by your special teams and you're put in bad positions a couple of times by your offense and their turnovers. I actually think Norm's point there is is well taken. This wasn't an apocalyptic performance by the Chiefs defense. And if the offense would have been better, I think we would have been we would have been heaping praise on the defense. And honestly, probably vice versa. And if you were to say you were gonna turn the ball over twice or three times in a game, 
you're, you look at the historical numbers, your odds of winning a game drop dramatically yep. with, with each turnover. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. And by the way, for our uh, callers today, one from Orlando, one from San Diego, Josh, I'm thinking we hit up uh, Chad Boger for the 810 Learjet, and we go. We take the show on the road. I listen. I, as long as those, as, please don't send us to Detroit, but no. send us to San Diego San and Orlando. Diego. We don't have to cover a game. We can just go hang out there and do a show from there. Do a whole also watch on the party. Facebook page. Somebody says they're listening from Evansville, Indiana. I know mm. my family's listening from St. Pete, also down in Florida. We are. This show is not only coast to coast. We're stopping in Kansas City, obviously. Well, we're getting out to Indiana worldwide, baby. We are. I'm sure there's. I'll bet there's um, folks in the military who are listening overseas on the app. I've had people talk about tweet me about listening to podcasts of mm-hmm. almost entirely sports from from all over the country. Yeah, we are absolutely international. And if it's San Diego or Orlando, sorry, I gotta I gotta go to San Diego. Um, the, the Florida was really nice, but oh, hum- the humidity is terrible. Is terrible, and San Diego's the beach. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll get to you later, Orlando. <laughs> when I, listen, whenever whenever our cross country trip begins, we'll eventually make it to Florida. I imagine. Uh, we have so much to talk about. I'm guessing there's a ton of audio coming back from the locker room. We'll eventually talk to Darren Smith live from Detroit. Uh, we have plays of the game and topics we haven't even really broached yet. A bunch of calls that we'll get to. I'd give out the phone number, but it's literally full. If you want to text in, you can go 913-912-4810. We can see if Beards and DiMaggio want to try to read some texts. Plus, you can tweet us at SportsRadio810. There's a tweet there from earlier I'm going to read. Or or maybe, and go at Brad K. Porter and at J.B. Briscoe. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe. It's Chiefs Post Game Show brought to you by Missouri Lottery. You can play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers ticket from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly. Chiefs Post Game Show brought to you by Missouri Lottery, all right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Twelve twelve to go in the game. 23-20 Lions. The Chiefs have second down and goal to go at the one-yard line. Darrell Williams is the running back. Sidecar position right. Kelsey. They give it off. Darrell Williams wide open in this right side. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the right side, the Canadian doctor goes to the operating room and blows out the left side of the Lion defense, and the Chiefs regain the lead. That touchdown and the one you heard earlier are the reasons that we are making Darrell Williams our famous among friends, Chiefs player of the game. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of your Kansas City Chiefs. What was what was LDT doing on that play? He's in the operating room. Canadian doctor. It's, you got a med school or something? I think so. Oh. Kind of like Tony Gonzalez played basketball. You know, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes played baseball. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. I'm one three three eight ten eight ten here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs post game show on Sports Radio eight ten. Let's go to Tommy Mo. What's on your mind, Tommy Mo? And Steve Spagnola is playing our defensive coordinator. And I'm not happy with it. And I'm like Mario. I just think we're just getting set up for another sad ending somewhere mid-January. It's just uh, it's the same thing, guys. Our linebackers are just horrible. Whoever signed off on Anthony Hitchens, I tried to prove this point to uh, Seren, and he called me a high school debater, which is an insult to high school debate. So, hey. <laughs> I've known some horrifying high school debaters. They are yeah. very intimidating. No, uh, to all those great forensic people throughout the high, throughout the country. But, hey. You know, uh, another thing, let's leave the inside of a minute 
who's going to call a timeout and Oof. all that. Second oh, my year, gosh. second time in a row. Yep. You know where I'm going with this. Yep. First half, yep. we get the ball inside the 30 with about 25, 28 seconds. Second time in a row, we're sitting around. Uh, Mahomes is looking at the bench. I don't know what's going on with our offensive coordinator and or Andy Reid. Tick, 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 tick. We still have a timeout. Tick, 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 tick. And then we run a play, and it's six seconds left. Last week, it was about 10 seconds. Let's let Patrick Mahomes run the two-minute offense. Let's let him decide to call timeout or not. Tom Brady doesn't look over to the sideline all the time. Uh, do I need to call a timeout, Bill? Do I? Do I? No. He knows what he's doing. Let him be in charge of calling timeouts. And there's one last thing Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy can do, let them come up with the next great play for him to run. But that's twice in a row now. We've, it, we still scored three points both, both weeks. But let's call timeout with 24, 28 seconds left mm-hmm. and be able to maybe run two plays instead of running one and or zero and kicking a field goal. Yeah, I, I 100%. Concur with that. We were talking about that around here a lot and at the end of that half, and then it happened, you know, two hours ago, so it slipped through the cracks for, for me. It's somewhere on Brad's WTF sheet, yes. I'm sure. It's yep. on my mistake sheet. Uh, I, I don't understand what happened there. Maybe what I should understand is that stuff like that seems to happen around this team. I don't know if Mahomes feels like he doesn't have the authority in that moment, but you're right, Tommy Moe, he should um, or Andy Reid should just know what's happening there and call it. Because if they're going to get one more shot off and then not going to be allowed to try to get another one with, I think, six seconds yes. remaining, then that is that is absolutely bungled there. No argument to the contrary from me. At the end of that first half, I, I was frustrated because I didn't understand why the clock is, is Tommy Moe says, Chris Berman, tick, 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 tick. It's yep. going down. Why aren't you calling a timeout? And I tweeted out right at, you know, at halftime, I don't understand why they didn't use a timeout there. And, of course, every response I got back was Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Yeah. It's an Andy Reid coach team. It's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. I didn't get it. Patrick Mahomes was frustrated when he went to the sidelines, just like he was last week when they settled for that field goal, which they kicked on third down, not fourth down. Yep. So I totally get it. I was wondering if we're going to get to a point where, or will Andy be asked, hey, are you just going to leave it in his Patrick Mahomes' hands to call timeouts? Can it just be, you know, is that is that too abrasive to ask Andy Reid? Will you get the glare from him when he when he does not when you ask him a question he doesn't like? That feels you know, like just... that feels like Tyser's lane. I'm gonna I'll pass that along <laughs> to Adam and see if he wants to ask that question. I'm not going to. And it was Damian Wilson had a defensive holding on the Chris Jones fumble. It was a very weak call. But You're right. I guess you can call it. It was Damian Wilson on an offensive hold. So, uh, last thing, the, Brett Veach's best acquisition so far has been Harrison Buckner. And that didn't also didn't look very good at the beginning. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, listen, I, I, and I would argue for Damian Wilson right now. We're four games in, so that's very premature. But uh, I, yeah, I buy that. Although Butker's, you know, first kick in a dome was not ideal, but uh, it's still a good acquisition. I appreciate it, Tommy. I'm always good to hear from you. If you want somebody to ask Andy Reid directly about bungling timeouts or not using them properly, I, I think the job falls to BJ Kissel. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure and BJ would love to be. I'm, would love to volunteer for that. I'm giving BJ a hard time. I, I like BJ a lot. Just yeah, I, did, yeah. I, I don't think anyone wants to ask that question. <laughs> no. Maybe certainly, you know, maybe Seren. That feels like a Seren sure. job. Seren can do it. I'd be down for that. Oh, Beard just marked something that Brad said. What? Oh, what did Brad, I say? Nothing. You didn't say anything. Let's take it. Let's take a break. We got some. You know, let's get one more. Let's get one oh, more. Oh, I know in. exactly what he marked. No, nothing I'm not happened. Saying it. Nothing happened at all. I know. Oh, I know you, exactly what he marked. I think you already said it. Let's go to Chris. What's up, Chris? <laughs> Hey, guys, big picture, we're 4-0 with three road wins. Yes, That's 100%. That's nothing. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, I do have a question about Dave Tobe, and mm-hmm. like it's one thing to redshirt two players a year on our fifty-three man roster, mm-hmm. but to have Dave Tobe have five roster spots devoted to him, and really the special teams play has been subpar. That's a question for me. Yes. That is 100% fair, Chris. I was thinking it multiple times over today. You look at guys that, you know, I don't know if Jordan Lucas or Dan Sorensen would make the team outside of Dave Tobe. They probably would because you have to have space for guys like that. But you saw them try to do it with Traymond Smith, and you've seen it happen with so many guys on this roster. Dudes that are essentially, you think, Dave Tobe standing on on the table and just pounding his fist for him. D'Anthony Thomas is definitely that guy. Armani Watts. Armani Watts could be that guy. I would probably rather roster him than Jordan Lucas as right. a safety. But regardless, all of that well taken, Chris. Um, it's it, and it's been bad. He 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 is getting. I think I think Dave Tobe probably has more sway than any special teams coach in in the NFL, and it's been a poor performing unit this year. Let, let me ask you a question: If if there's a punt return or a kickoff return, and I offered you even odds that there would not be a holding penalty, would you take it? No, no. No, absolutely not. I anticipate a flag on literally every turn. Every I guess, special teams. Play. I guess I would yep. take it if you acknowledge there could be a fair catch or it could be a touchback. But if you if you oh, said, hey, point. it's going to be a live return. If you said on a live return, do you anticipate a penalty? I would say absolutely, I do. Well, thanks for the call. Thank, I, you. It's, Thank it's, you, Chris. It's infuriating, and it's it's a league-wide problem. It's not just the Chiefs on the flags on special teams. But you give and, Dave Tobe yes. this power, and you say, hey, be the team that doesn't yes. make this mistake over you, and over. It's a totally fair criticism. The block, the Chiefs have had a block in the back almost every game on a return. Yeah, they have a hold every the, game. The first rule they teach you on, on any play in the national football or any play at any level of football is don't push a guy if you can read his see, last name. See the name. It's infuriating. And I know, Josh, you and I disagreed on this um, last week or the week before about um, the rule about for punt returners in particular, put your heels on the 10-yard line and don't catch it if it goes over you. I think we disagree a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, because I think but I the, think Dave Tobe says but, I don't like that rule. But right. Yeah. But bringing a kickoff it. out from six, yard deep, six yards deep in the end zone, that, that can't happen. Oh, unless, no, unless, that was miserable. I unless, it. unless the game is on the line and you think you've got something dialed up, other than that, it, you're, you're, they spot you 25 yards for letting it land, it's right? It's 25 So now, now you're going to yes. start six yards back and try to get that whole 25 again, which means you have to go 31 just to get back to where the ball would have been given to you as a freebie. Yep. 100%. You're not getting 31 yards. You're, there's, you know, there's, that guy doesn't exist much anymore in the National Football League. Two tweets before we take a break here uh, from uh, Fifty Shades of Mahomes on Twitter. It's not my name. Awesome. Uh, they said they're listening from Dayton. And then from Gavin, hey, guys, as you mentioned, your listeners outside of Kansas City, hello from Ireland. There we go. Let's go. International postgame show, baby, right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. First down, goal to go for the Lions. Carry on Johnson, the running back. Stafford under center. Johnson tries it. The Chiefs circle in behind him and push him back. It will give him forward motion of about a half yard. Tyron Matthew. Now the Chiefs pull the ball out, but the play, has it been blown dead? It has. I don't know. The Chiefs are running the other way with the football. Walt Anderson is letting Prashad Breeland. They're letting Brashawn Breeland go all the way for 99 yards and a fumble return for a touchdown defensively. Walt Anderson let the play go. He just signaled his arms to. So the handoff went to Carryon Johnson, 
He got stopped short of the goal line. And this is a nervous officiating crew right now because they are circling around. And here comes Walt Anderson's. Rolling on the field. The ball was loose. It is a fumble. Return for a touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Kansas City. Touchdown, Kansas City. A 99 and a half yard fumble return for a touchdown. As the Honey Badger knocked it out just short of the goal line, everybody stopped except Rashad Breland, who picks up the football and runs it. One, uh, 99 yards for a touchdown. 100 yards, it's in the end zone. That play was made for our newest sponsor here on the Chiefs Post Game Show. That's our ugly, ugly play of the game. That is our ugly play of the game brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses and my favorite sponsorship, I think, in the history of this show. If you're in an ugly house and it's an ugly situation, call the Ugly House Guys today at 1-800-44-BUYER or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. Fix that ugly situation and turn it into cash. Just like Bashad Breland took that ugly play and turned it into six. And Tyron Matthew forced the fumble there, right? Yes. So Honey Badger don't care. No. Know that. So Mitch Holtis. Honey Badger doesn't give a bleep. Like I said last segment, I love I love guys, love Mitch. So what I love about that call is he, he's not really sure. He and Kendall Gammon not really sure. Okay, the plays and, and Mitch is on top of it, saying Walt Anderson's letting or Walt. Corey Walt Anderson, one of the two. Sure. Um, letting him run down the field. And then, so after discussion, the review, the replay, it's announced. And then Mitch does the touchdown. It's great. After like 90 seconds. It's great. I love it. Mitch, I mean, I love don't, it. Care. Mitch don't care. No, Mitch doesn't, give, Mitch doesn't give a bleep either. <laughs> it's excellent, man. That, that's one of my favorite calls. That might be my favorite call of the year so far. It's awesome. Because whenever Mitch is as confused as I am, it makes me it feel better. better. Yeah. And then he's as excited as we all were. It's it's perfect. Uh, we'll take we'll get a bunch of audio here. We're about to hear from Tyron Matthew, Andrew Wiley, Daryl Williams, Bashad Breland, Travis Kelsey uh, throughout the remainder of the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. Here on Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, Joshua Briscoe and Brad Porter with you here before we eventually hand it over to, uh, I don't know, whatever football game comes up next, whatever Sunday night football game is tonight. We'll get to all of that here on Sports Radio 810 eventually. But so let's go to Jim. It's 913-3810-810 if you want to sound off. What's up, Jim? Hi. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call. For sure. Happy to have you. What's up? Yeah, first first echo a couple of callers. Uh, you know, yeah, we're 4-0 with three road wins. That's that can't be forgotten. I mean, that's that's an amazing start to the season. And also, with Andy Reid, it, it seems maybe kind of minor, but the mismanagement for halftime, you just don't see that with, you know, like the Patriots. So hopefully we can clean that up. But uh, I was curious in your thought on some of Mahomes' throws early. It was hard to tell if it was him or the receivers maybe not breaking to where they were supposed to go or where Mahomes thought they were going to go. I appreciate the call, Jim, and I think it was a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think on the Mr. McCall Hardman, I saw in the replay, Hardman had like, and then this is minute. So if you want to call in and say, stop defending Patrick Mahomes and every, don't do that because I, I think to Jim's point, it's a fair question to ask and it can go both directions. So I, I think that on that Hardman miss uh, relatively early on, he had a step where he just, instead of step, 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 he took kind of a step and then glided for just an iota, just a millisecond, and and he kind of drifted a little bit, and then the pass missed by just a tiny bit. I think if he never breaks stride at all, which I imagine is what Mahomes is expecting, that ball is exactly where you want it. 
can you adjust at that point? I think the ball was either out or coming out as as he sort of had that maybe little pseudo, not even stutter step, but something that was nearly a stutter step. So I think in that instance, you you saw a, a slightly sloppy route from Hardman there. I think there was one to Demarcus Robinson yes, where he, he anticipated that he was going to yep. be coming back for the ball, and he didn't. There might have even been one similarly with Kelsey later. I think they were on the same page all day today, actually. Um, but I, I do think it can be both. There are a couple of instances where where Mahomes certainly was just off by a bit, but but that is a game where, where both sides have something to say there. I just but lost my train of thought for a second. Oh, Demarcus Robinson. So, yeah. you know, we have the expectations from what he did a couple of weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so those plays in particular stood out. There were two instances where the ball was thrown a yard or two in front of him, or it was thrown at his feet. And again, it's hard, unless you ask uh, Mahomes and Robinson exactly what happened if they uh, if the receiver didn't run the precise route if they did not come back enough to where they were supposed to be or maybe Mahomes was just off but they yep. were definitely out of sync and in particular uh, Demarcus Robinson there were two or three instances where he was kind of open or open and Mahomes didn't deliver the ball so again I'd have to go back and ask them individually what happened on that play but it was definitely out, out of sync. And I will say, I think there's something to be said for whenever we talk about out of sync. I, I think part of our job is to try to figure out why that happened, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that the Lions' pressure got there with a pretty consistent amount yes. of, of yes. disruption. It wasn't always free rusher coming in at 45 miles an hour, but it was the pocket moving, yes. maybe the pocket closing in. Mahomes throws off his back foot a little bit more than you'd like him to. Or he was that step- kind of stuff he was, matters. He was stepping up in the pocket. That as well. Also, absolutely, and and so that so that's something that Mahomes has to be able to adjust to, right? Where you have to be able to have some amount of success in those instances. But it's also the thing that's happening there. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were off just because they were off. I think the Lions were doing a lot both in coverage and in the pass rush to just knock things off by degrees. You can't derail the train that is the Chiefs' offense, but you can get it wobbling on the tracks yes. a little bit. And in, in, in the in the NFL, when everything happens as fast as it does and as precisely as it does, which, man, I just don't even think that, that we watching it on TV or even from the press box or in the stands or whatever, if you're on the field, maybe you get it. But the the uh, the speed and the precision that comes in these games, I think, is genuinely hard to, to wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever things wobble just a little bit, you see them out of sync in a game like this. Absolutely, it's a little bit. Uh, God, I hate to use corny comparisons, but it's like the spark plugs in your car. If right. they're not firing in in tune with the piston, I'm not a car guy, so. Mm-hmm. It, Tell me if I'm just full of crap or whatever. Yeah, well, the Johnson rod isn't working properly. The Johnson rod. Well, mark that one too. Mark that one That's an old Seinfeld reference. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Look to me to be your car expert, Brad. That's a good call. That'll get you far. I think you made the the precise point though. Patrick Mahomes was quote like we talked about with um, Matthew Stafford earlier. The Chiefs were able to get him quote off his spot. The, the, the Lions did a really good job of getting Patrick Mahomes off his spot. Yep. Whether it was scrambling, whether yep. it was rolling out, whether it was stepping up, he was not in the his perfect position, the one yep. that he prefers. So I, I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, let's go back to the phones. We've got some slots open if you are still interested in talking Chiefs-Lions. 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. Let's go to Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Now, I just kind of busted in here so i don't know exactly what you guys have been talking about since i came online but where in the heck is number 55 
Yeah, people have asked that question. You're not the first in line, but uh, I think it's it's something people have brought up before. I'll address it after you get whatever you need to say off your chest. I mean, he, he was supposed to be the second coming of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, far, so far in four games, uh, he hasn't even appeared as one of the wise men. <laughs> yes! Yeah. I was so hoping you were going to land that plane, Chris. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's a it's a good question. I would say, Chris, extremely well asked. Thank you for the call. Um, yeah, man, listen, here's the thing. Whenever you make – that's the best way anyone's ever said, hey, what's yeah. the with Frank Clark? I was going to be Jesus Christ. He's not even a wise man. Oh, that makes me so, so happy to continue having that conversation. I'm not mad about it at all. Love that. Uh, here's the thing, man. Whenever you pay a guy $100 million, there is more of a microscope on him. And I, I told you last week that I think you've seen a lot of the defensive linemen around him having some success mm -hmm. because you see the attention paid to a guy like Frank Clark. I, I, I have to go back and watch this game again. Like, I have to go back. I say this every, every postgame show to hedge my bets a little bit. But you saw this with Chris Jones. There, mm -hmm. was, there was the play that that he came through, again, straight up like a wrecking ball, where you go, what the hell happened there? I saw somebody tweeted, oh, you can't leave Chris Jones unblocked like that. He wasn't unblocked. No, he was not. He just made another adult man whose job is to block Chris Jones look like he didn't even exist. And so I think what you saw there with Chris Jones is, oh, that's what happens whenever you only block him with one guy. And defenses have been paying a lot of attention to Frank Clark. Here's here's where I'm going to to at least partially side with everyone who's saying this hasn't been enough from Frank Clark yet. And I think if you ask Frank Clark, he usually talked over the course of the week. I might be able to ask Frank Clark this at some point uh, out of Arrowhead whenever they get back from Detroit. I think he'd say he isn't he hasn't done quite enough yet because for me, the the barometer for success and and for validation on the Frank Clark contract isn't even necessarily his sack numbers. For me, it's about the success of that unit. Mm -hmm. Because he can be excellent in demanding a double team and a chip. Mm -hmm. If that happens, though, you're going to see Tano Passanio, Emmanuel Ogba, um, Alex Okafor, Derek Nadi, Xavier Williams. You're going to see those other guys. Maybe it's a blitzer. Maybe it's Tyron Matthew. Again, on that play, whenever Matthew came through truly unblocked, I believe there was heavy attention being paid to Frank Clark on the outside. Mm -hmm. Dan Sorensen, I believe, basically was picked up by the guard, and then mm -hmm. Tyron Matthews just came in just screaming at the top of his lungs mm -hmm. uh, because that's what happens whenever you have something kind of creatively schemed up like that. And so for, for what, I need, what I need to see on the Frank Clark end of things, um, it does seem like teams have less success running to his side of the line, which does matter, but the, the run defense hasn't been great. So that's not that's not justifying a hundred million dollar contract, but if the line as a unit begins to have more success, I'll begin to have less questions about where Frank Clark's at right now. But even then, whenever you are are paying a dude a hundred million dollars, I think you're essentially signaling to to everyone around saying, "Hey, I expect this dude to come in and beat some double teams or demand so much attention that the job for Chris Jones becomes Aaron Donald levels of easy looking," and that hasn't happened yet. I'd have to look at the, the pro football focus numbers, but they keep track of how many, uh, the percentage of plays you have in which you are double teamed. Uh, as I was watching, I, yeah. I believe it was the Bears game last week, and they had mentioned that um, Khalil Mack, I think, was doubled like on 68 to 72% of the plays, which is unbelievable. It's insane. How much attention. So you look at some of the things. You mentioned the Tyron Matthew uh, safety blitz. 
Uh, you go back to last week. Was it Juan Thornhill who came free off the edge? I'm trying to remember who it was. Like Kendall Fuller. I think, Kendall I think Fuller it was a came, slot blitz. Kendall think, Fuller came yeah. free on the blitz. So you look on those plays. Look at Frank Clark. Was he double teamed? Also, if Frank Clark is in a double team, you look at what Chris Jones and Derek Nottie, and by the way, Derek Nottie was outstanding today. Mm-hmm. You look at what they do at the same time with their dog twists and their stunts, it opens up and, and gives them room to operate to do those sort of things. And they had a lot of success. Both uh, Chris Jones and Derek Nottie today had a lot of success in running those games up front. It's just the, the, the long answer to a short question is that it's a complicated puzzle with a lot of pieces. That all coming together doesn't give you a clean answer, I know. Sacks are a clear number, and you can see with your eyes whenever a dude comes free like that, you go, oh, that dude's worth the money. I'm not saying with 100% certainty that Frank Clark has been excellent this year. I don't think that he's been the guy you think that Brett Veach brought him in to be, but you also have to have guys that demand the tension. Otherwise, maybe those plays where Chris Jones have success doesn't has success doesn't happen. Whatever, both of those guys demand the tension, then Emmanuel Ogba's success doesn't happen. We still got a bunch of audio from a bunch of guys to get to. Uh, let's go to Max before we uh, start hearing from some Chiefs. What's up, Max? Max, you're on the uh, you're on the air. What's up? Well, I, I really just this is a pretty ugly game today, but I'm just I'm impressed with how some of the acquisition they've had with guys like Ogba and yep. Oak Four and Wilson have played. I know they weren't the guys that we got all fired up about at this, when we signed them over the offseason, but I've been very impressed by the way they play. I know Ogba and Oak Four seem to each get about a sack and maybe a tackle for a loss each game, which is something I've been really impressed with this year. Absolutely, and Damian Wilson's been excellent. Anything else, Max? Like you said, too, I think a lot of it just goes to, I think Frank Clark is one of those guys, like you said, he's one of those guys, he's opening up all the opportunities for those other guys. That's just something that I think really has been impressive with the way it's all worked out for that. I know, like we said, we haven't got the production from Clark, but it's really opening it up for everyone else, which I like to see. I think that's a totally fair way of reading into it. Thanks for the call, Max. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I think all three of those guys have been really strong acquisitions. They've all been the quieter ones because the other defensive ends in the picture, even Tano Passigno, I think, got way more discussion throughout training camp than Ogba or Okafor did. Damian Wilson's been fantastic. He he really, really has. That, to me, seems seems pretty clear-cut. Yeah, I mentioned Ogba earlier in the show, and, and at one point I'm going back to this old depth chart that I just keep scratching out player names when they get cut and then adding names to it. At one point, Emmanuel Agba was number three on the depth chart. Yeah. At defensive and end. he was hurt throughout training camp. Yeah, he didn't he see a ton of production. And like I said, I think Caller brings up a good point, which we talked about earlier. Oak for, um, Agba has been a very nice pickup at probably a relatively cheap price. Yeah, absolutely he has been. Uh, we've got a bunch of audio from the locker room in Detroit that we're getting to, thanks to uh, both Matt Derrick and... Uh, and Darren Smith out there in Detroit for us today. Let's start off by hearing from Tyron Matthew. He had that big sack. He's been he's been just floating around throughout the secondary, being a little more visible over these last couple of weeks as he's been a little bit more tested over these last couple of weeks. Let's hear what Matthew had to say following the victory over the Lions. Picking up every ball, um, so uh, that, was, that was a real heads-up play. Yeah. You know, by Breeze, even going in the pile, kind of sniffing it out. Yeah, what was your view of that? Were you, you were on the other side, I guess? Well, actually, I initially made the tap. So Is that right? Okay. I was at the bottom of the pile. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I just I was seeing white jerseys running. I got up, tried to meet them in the end zone. So that's when you knew? I mean, you, you got up and chased them down the field? Or? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, I mean, like I said, big-time big, big heads-up play, um, you know, especially given the circumstances. Um, you know, constantly having you know um, defend. You know, they're getting the ball in their in their territory. Um, it's hard to play defense like that. Um, 
think they scored one time. Uh, thought, we, thought we held up pretty well. Okay. Toronto, right. you guys the ball three times today. It seemed like as an overall team, you're not at your best today, but still get a win on the road. What what, what do you just think that says about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think ultimately it says a lot about our team. Um, you know, uh, I've been on teams where if we don't start the right way, you know, we don't necessarily finish the right way. Um, so it was good to kind of see this team, you know, come together, um, uh, really start to rally behind each other, start to play for each other. What's the defense's viewpoint of when the offense is on the field trying to get that game winning drive? Uh, well, we just, you know, obviously, you know, want them to punch it in and. You know, the whole, whole whole time on the sideline, we're just constantly thinking about the, the plays that we can get, you know, once we get back out there. First time watching Mahomes brought you guys in the fourth quarter. What was it like watching him on that last drive? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, like I said, um, you know, anytime you, you got a quarterback um, that doesn't necessarily look at the scoreboard, um, always feels like he's in it, uh, even when he may not be having his best day. Um, you know, I think we're always just one throw away, you know, one block away, one tackle away. You know, one play away. So, um, uh, like I said, I like this locker room, like this group. Uh, you know, we're young, but we're gonna fight. Because of what you just said about Pat, were you pretty confident you guys were gonna score? Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, and, and, I mean, his, his demeanor doesn't change. You know, whether we're up by 30 uh, or down by 10 points. So, um, uh, you know, it feels good to have a quarterback like that. And um, like I said, it, just, it goes through the locker room, it goes through the team. We always feel like we got a shot, but I think Detroit, you know, played a hell of a game today, no doubt about it. Very loud locker room there. Uh, Andy Reid said, I, I saw this tweeted out from uh, Jeff Rosen, the Kansas City Star. Andy Reid said in the uh, in the locker room right after kind of the whole let's, let's, how about them Chiefs kind of thing, he said, not all of Mozart's paintings were beautiful. And um, Mozart wasn't a painter. And I i don't know if Andy <laughs> Reid knew that or not. I think there's a really good chance that he does. And he was making an excellent joke. Regardless, either way, I will be using that phrase for a while. That's the beginning, just the beginning of our Chiefs Locker Room Report, brought to you by Continental Siding. Whether it's football or home improvement projects, you want to be a part of a winning team at Continental Siding Supply. Continental Siding Supply giving lifetime warranties on siding and windows for 34 years. See for yourself at smartsiding.com. So that's Tyron Matthew talking about that that play that Bashad Breeland scored the touchdown on. Uh, let's hear from Bashad Breeland, who had a couple of nice plays mm. today, but none of them. Uh, quite as nice as the 99 to 100 yard touchdown fumble recovery run back the other way, but veiled in questions and mystery because no one really knew what was happening until the end, except for Bashad Breeland. Let's see what he had to say in the locker room in Detroit. Bashad, what did you see um, coming out coming out of that pileup with the ball, and, and did you know it was live for sure? Nah, I mean I saw it down. I didn't hear no whistle. Uh, I saw my teammate picked it up, and he kind of put it back down. And I still didn't hear a whistle, so I just went and picked it up and just ran ran with it. Just hope that it was down, wasn't uh, down. It looked like one of the plays uh, right before that, like like one of their players looked to be tackling you, then just backed off. Do you think he thought it was dead? Say that again? One of their guys, I think, backed off when he was about to tackle you. I think he thought it was dead. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, I know. Everybody kind of dispersed. I mean, I was just trying to run away from everybody and just get in the end zone. I mean, uh, and let the chips fall where they may. Did you feel the game turn a little bit there? Oh, it did. You know what I mean? It was a moment of uh, uh, juice for us. Uh, you know what I mean? Anytime a defense is able to uh, score points for the offense, uh, it, it gives a, a momentum for them. Practice that player. Coach Spags preached that every day, man. Pick the ball up, whether it's, it's live or dead. We never know. We always just pick it up and let the chips fall where they may. Have you ever scored TD of that length before? Yeah, I had a 96 interception return uh, back in 2017. 
that whole stand at the start of the half, it was really crazy, back and forth, a couple fumbles. Yeah. You guys generated a couple turnovers. How, how much do you think that impacted the game? I mean, it did. The turnovers really really helped us out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we, everybody had a slow start, uh, and those was able to um, keep us within the game. Uh, we, we, did, we didn't uh, create those turnovers. The game could have really got out of hand. Uh, you know what I mean? They, they started punching us in the mouth early. Uh, they came with the energy uh, first on in the first half, first quarter. Uh, so we had to find ways to really slow them down. You know, they home, they, they got the crowd behind them, and they, and they feel energetic. Hey, look, Frank gathered you guys to the side before that play. It looked like he was yelling at everybody in the huddle. Do you recall that? Frank Clark? Yeah, he, he did. You know what I mean? Frank Clark told us, you know what I mean? Like, it's time for us to step up. This, this is where we make our surge to uh, really, really propel us as a, as a defense that come together through adversity and really help us get our offense to really go on. I mean, get them to click and how they normally click. Michelle, what's it say about this team to be 4-0 when you have to win in an environment like this against a team like this and you have all these injuries you're doing? I mean, this is going to be a, a memorable win. You know what I mean? Uh, a team like this, you know what I mean? When we have adversity, offense and defense come together and really really stick together and really come in. It wasn't no no drop, down drop with everybody. Everybody really pulled together to make plays to really help us get to this win. It wasn't pretty, but we got it done. That looked like a, maybe a little bit more physical than average. Yeah, was it, 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 was, it was a pretty good game. You know what I mean? It, it, was, it was a tough physical game, and they came out to play, and we had to finish the job. It's Bashad Breland. Uh, if you're going to have questions about Spagnuolo from a coaching perspective, I think it sounds like Breland's given him at least a little bit of credit there on the always pick up the ball, run it, <laughs> and then we'll see when they blow the whistle. I think that's fair to give him a little credit there in that regard. He, he did say... Uh, one of his teammates actually picked up the ball first and then put it back down. Yeah, I didn't see that, I don't, but I had to go back and look at it. He was there, and I was watching on a television, so he did maybe he did. He did acknowledge what I said earlier. There was a Lions player right there yep. to tackle him and then let up and like dropped his arm like, ah, the referee's going to blow the whistle, and it didn't. Let's take a break here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. That is Brad Porter. I am Josh Briscoe. We will uh, take a few more calls and uh, chat with Darren Smith live from Detroit whenever we come back. Plus, we still have to hear from Travis Kelsey, Darrell Williams, Andrew Wiley, and uh, and that crew whenever we come back here on Sports Radio 810. Much more to come. Uh, also, if you want to j- jump in on the phone line, 913-3810-810. All still coming up here on the Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Stafford takes it, last play of the game. Chiefs lead 34-30. Stafford throwing it to the near side. And the pass is going to be knocked down by one Thornhill. And the Chiefs escape in Detroit with a gutsy victory. Fueled by a 13-play drive to win it at 20 seconds to go in the game. And a 100-yard fumble return in the third quarter for a touchdown by Brashad Breeland playing through the whistle and the Chiefs stay unbeaten at 34 to 30 with a victory going 4 and 0 on the year with a win in Detroit. That is our play of the game because it was the first time for about 30 minutes that I felt like I could healthily take a nice deep breath in. The, the play of the game is brought to you by the Central Bank of the Midwest. Take a new look at what's possible with Central Bank of the Midwest visit centralbank.net. At what point did you feel confident, Brad? <laughs> it wasn't at fourth and eight, I'm no. sure. I no. mean, it, you could have felt okay, but you couldn't have felt confident until the final seconds ticked off the clock, right? When the Chiefs charter plane arrives back in Kansas City tonight, then 
I will feel <laughs> relief because I'm still thinking the referees are going to change one of those calls. Either the touchdown. There could still be a fumble. That's right. It, That's a great point. They could absolutely fumble the game ball yes. on their way back to Kansas City. Or they may award the Lions that touchdown that they took away from them. So I won't be confident until the Chiefs get back. But at no point in that game was <laughs> was there any. Because the Chiefs were behind early. Yeah. No, we're, that we're whole not, thing not, was stressful as hell. Yes. It was merely tight at halftime instead of being up by a touchdown. How weird is that? And the biggest lead for the Chiefs, I think, was the 27-23. That, sound that like, seems I'm about right. through my chart here, I believe it was the 27-23, uh, where Daryl Williams just walked into the end zone, which was uh, nice to see. And by the way, circling back to last, you remember you mentioned the caller last week who said, Byron Pringle needs to be the star of this team. Yeah, that dude's the star of this we show We had another caller last week who said, Anthony Sherman absolutely has to get the ball more. Got targeted. And on that... Uh, First and goal play. Yep. The, before it was eventually 27 23, they had Sherman crossing through the back of the end zone, and he wasn't even close to getting open. No, that was you a total know? scheme thing. Of yes. Everything goes right except, except Anthony, Anthony Sherman. Sherman. Yes. And the Lions covered it well. We'll take some calls here in just a second. Plus, we got to hear from everyone I mentioned earlier. Plus, also, Frank Clark, Beards has informed me. Um, but first, I want to give you a quick look around the league because if the Chiefs would have lost, we may have opened with this because the NFL is wonky as hell. The finals. Uh, from around the NFL so far today. The Titans went on the road and beat the Falcons. What? 24-10. to 10, uh, The Falcons are 1-3 now, but they usually are at least good at home. Marcus Mariota throws three touchdown passes in that game. The Patriots went at Buffalo, and they won that game 16-10. to 10. Tom Brady put up 16 points against the Buffalo you, Bills. You want to know his numbers from today? I would love that. Do you have him up? Yes. So Tom Brady today, in a winning effort, 18 of 39, 150 yards, 3.8 yards per attempt. Unreal. No touchdowns, one pick, a 45.9 passer rating, and six points scored. I think Tom Brady is done. Beard, save this audio. This will never come back to haunt me. Tom Brady can't play quarterback in the NFL anymore. It's over. Josh Allen threw three picks. Matt Barkley came in and actually, after Allen got hurt and actually, like, Almost brought him back, but then he threw a pick, and uh, not great. Uh, how about this one? Raiders go to Indianapolis, win that game 31-24, to and it wasn't even that close. Uh, I, I think the, the Colts ended up with another late touchdown there that made the margin a little bit better, but still a loss at home for Indianapolis to the Raiders, who are now 500. The Chargers go to Miami and win only by a mere 20 points, 30-10. to uh, Chargers beat the Dolphins on also the Also trailed at one point. And they were down early, yes. First time Dolphins have won all year. Washington just, I think they must hate Dwayne Haskins because they don't start him but do put him in the game. Washington is now 0-4. Uh, Daniel Jones with a one-touchdown, two-pick performance, I think, as I open up the box score. The Giants win that game 24-3. to Not exactly a sterling effort there. Yeah, one touchdown, two picks the, for Danny Dimes. The city of New York will um, have Daniel Jones riding in a convertible down the Canyon of the Heroes tomorrow <laughs> with confetti raining down from the rooftops because he's won a couple of games. Remember last week whenever the Baltimore Ravens were the third best team in the AFC? Nope. They lost to the Browns today in Baltimore, 40-25. to Browns are elite again! The Browns are who we thought they were again, I guess. It wasn't an out. I mean, Mayfield throws for 342 yards. Nick Chubb, though, runs for 20 carries, 165 on the ground, and three touchdowns. Ugh, I mean, 
Call this My the Rex, call this the Rex Ryan game. Yo, that's gotta like Rex that. called out uh, Baker Mayfield. He said also he's overrated. Did you see what Rex Ryan wore oh, yeah. on ESPN? He wore a brown jacket and an orange tie, so a- he was wearing the Browns colors. <laughs> Fantastic flex. Chef's kiss, <laughs> yes. troll job. Uh hey, do you remember last week whenever the Houston Texans were the fourth best team in the AFC? Nope. Sixteen to ten, Kyle Allen goes to Houston and the Panthers beat the Texans. Wow. Here's the thing, friends. The NFL is really, really strange. And that NFL scoreboard update is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Boulevard Brewing Company is Kansas City's beer, and I'm sure they're loving that right now because the Chiefs are 4-0. The Patriots are also, but no one gets an easy game in the NFL at this point. And the Chiefs have won three games on the road to go 4-0. The Texans fired their general manager before the season started. It was after the draft. Yeah. And they decided they were going to have an interim person, I think, for the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. How long does... So Bill, um, Bill O'Brien is in charge. How though, long yeah. is Bill O'Brien at the helm? Does he make it 16 games, especially if they don't... Yes. Make- if they're in posi- I, if they get to December and it's clear they're not going to get to the playoffs, I think or- they just extended him recently, and that was always okay. absolutely baffling. I'm yeah. not disagreeing with your sentiment, Brad. I'm <laughs> yes. disagreeing with the ownership in Houston knowing what it's doing. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Jack's been on hold for a while. What's up, Jack? Hey, what's going on? Um, so Dion Yelder had two big catches earlier in the game, and then kind of fell off. He didn't didn't see uh, any more playing time, and Blake Bell kind of took over. We were wondering like what how that was about and if he has like a opportunity in the offense or that was just kind of filling in a couple spots early in the game. So um, just curious about that. Uh, appreciate the call, Jack. I, I, He looked really good on that opening drive, and I think what you're seeing there is, first of all, those scripted first 15 plays mm-hmm. that you get from Andy Reid all the time. Um, and I think that you saw, what for whatever reason, it was a matchup thing. If it was, hey, let's throw three tight ends at him, or let's put him out there and set a Blake Bell and, and see if it works. It worked, and then they didn't go to it anymore. I don't totally know what was going on there, um, but it was it was like Dion Yelder game for a second, and then you didn't hear from him again. And that was the Chiefs' first drive of the game. He yep. catches of 24 yards and 19 yards. Let's and, go out. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Brad. And then, of course, that was the drive that ended with a butker miss yep. that we just are not used to. That was a weird kick, too. It's like trying to be trying to put a little touch on it. Did you, uh, mm-hmm. did you see my tweet after that happened? I, I don't know if I I tweeted buttmisser.com. Oh, boy. People were angry Strong. at me. Yeah, thank you. Strong to quite strong. Get that copyrighted, though, otherwise <laughs> he, he may come after you for that. I also do not have any actual concern about Harrison Butker, but, I, you know, I can't turn away from a pun. Um, so let's uh, – we'll go back to the phones here and just – let's you know what? Let's get David. David's been on hold for 20 minutes. David, uh, what's on your mind? Okay, two points. Hit me. The first point is I think if the Chiefs are a great team and they ought to get – better announcers than two nobodies who want to talk about basketball and baseball uh, on TV. Okay. Then the second thing is I totally agree with uh, the two of you that the Chiefs are suffering on special teams, especially on kick returns, and I'm including kickoffs and punt returns. Mm-hmm. You hit it on the nail, the nail on the head last week when you said everybody knows you stand on the 10-yard line and let the ball, if it goes over your head, you block. Otherwise, you, you know, consider running up to field it. I have called in, I called in last season almost after, after almost every game to make that point. And one of the hosts of the show, no longer on this show, no name, Danny, would put me down for saying that and explain that uh, the Chiefs had this great special teams coach and why do they do it every week if it's not paying dividends. And yet you see what I see, which is 
We rarely get it back out as far as we would if the ball just went into the end zone, and we normally pick up penalties even when we do. David, I appreciate the call. Here's what I'll say on on that. I, I do not want to to go devil's advocate just for the sake of it here. I'm going to try to translate what I think Dave Tobe thinks. And when I mentioned last week, Brad, about you know maybe you don't put your heels on the 10 and let it go over your head in Dave Tobe's coaching. Because I think that, you know, he, he thinks if you, if you bring it back and you get out to the 20 on a kickoff return or to the 15 on a punt return, he would take that because he thinks often enough you're going to get it to the 40, you're going to get it to the 50, you're going to take it for a touchdown. The problem with the special teams this year is that has not been happening. No. And that's why I think, it's, I think the criticism is absolutely well-deserved. If you, if you returned every kick... And sometimes you, you gave up five or ten yards, maybe fifteen yards for some reason on a, on a kickoff. You go, well, we really cost ourselves in the field position game there. But two kicks later, you house one. Then I see your strategy, and it's working well enough. The problem is it hasn't been doing that this year. I think that's a totally reasonable criticism. And I'm gonna have to look at the the broader video later of of the returns, in particular kickoff returns. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a product of the Chiefs are not just not as good as blocking as they used to be, or they're running a different block scheme, or it's just the fact that Byron Pringle and McCole Hardman don't have a lot of experience doing it at yeah. this level. But something is not functioning the way it usually does with a Dave Tobe coached return team. What There's is functioning? Yeah. Well, go ahead, Brad. No, I was going to say. Oh, I mean, his other point. I'm going to stop interrupting you at some point, but it's probably going to be like week eight. If the Chiefs' defense is still getting better. I would say that I'm still getting better at not interrupting you midpoint. It happens. Yeah. It's all right. I, I will step. Uh, it's a flag on me. Charles Davis. Post I will, interference. <laughs> I will throw this out. 15 yard penalty. When he was talking about baseball, I uh, threw out a Manny Sanguian reference. And for anybody who's of a certain age, you probably have 500 Manny Sanguian cards in a shoebox somewhere. Uh, what a, a great name! Don't ask me to spell it. I won't. But uh, <laughs> I great, will not. Great player for the Pirates. So. Um, Good on you, Chris Davis. I will. Uh, Charles I will now, Davis. Pardon me. I will now uh, not only interrupt Brad. I will also interrupt Darren Smith, who is I will live interrupt you. from Detroit right now. Uh, he's been sending back audio all day, and we've got a bunch to still get to after talk to him. But you can hear him talking on the ship Monday and Thursday nights here on Sports Radio 810, following Monday night and Thursday night football, and weekdays on ESPN Kansas City, 11 to noon. What's up, Darren? How are you? My man, what's going on, big guys? Man, I'm just here in uh, Detroit. I'm tired, man, and put in a full day's work. So I, yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, we'll get a, we'll get a few more minutes out of you here. You were you were out there no, and you were problem. living in the the press box and everything. What was the feel of that game in the stadium for you? For for what was happening in the press box around you, happening in the stadium? How how was that uh, digested by everybody uh, out there? Man, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. This game kind of left me speechless. I, <laughs> I it, 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 I felt exhausted, man, because it was like there were points in the game where the offense looked like the trash I take out on Tuesdays, man, and it was just like, what is going on? And, and I mean, I posted on Facebook, I'm like, what, you know, what's going on with this offense? Like, I mean, Patrick can't hit anybody when he does. You know, the players are coughing up the ball and the defense, is, and it's it's crazy. The defense, you're like, okay, Detroit is running the ball down their throat, but then they make big stops, and then they get sacks, and then they force turnovers, and it's like, 
so I was at a loss for it. And then you know, coming out of the coming out of uh, halftime, when McCall Harmon had that uh, had that fill, you know, had that fumble, mm-hmm. you know, Steve and I, we were sitting there just like, okay, you know, this, these are the adjustments the team is going to make. And he just threw all that out the window when he fumbled. So I was like, man, I, I just threw my hands up in there. I had no idea how this game was going to turn out when it all, when it was all said and done because you just didn't know. I mean, you didn't know whether or not the Chiefs were looking past this team. You know, I think a lot of it had to do with coaching and Andy, for whatever reason, not having this team prepared. Uh, Detroit, look, even to, even to my credit, I have to say that Matt Patricia did a good job preparing this team to come in. And they hit the Chiefs in the mouth, and they started that in the first quarter, hit those receivers hard and, and made them think twice about catching the ball. And uh, they definitely took away the deep pass today, and that's something that I think other teams are going to look at film this week and uh, see if they see if they can see if they have the personnel and the wherewithal to try to emulate kind of the things that uh, Detroit did today. What did you think was going to happen when the Chiefs got the ball back down three at the end of the game? Uh, I f- well, you know what? A part of me was thinking, "Here goes Andy going for the tie," but then I was like, "Nah, not Patrick. Patrick's going, uh, you know, try to get the ball into the end zone." I actually thought uh, after Pringle got the ball down to I think the three or the two that they were going to try to force, you know, try to pull a, 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 a Pete Carroll and try to force it into the end zone via the air instead of just running that ball in. To their credit, they got the ball in, uh, just running the ball, and they, you know, took the took you know took the higher percentage uh, call and what they did. So. Shout-outs to them. Darren, it's a little bit frustrating. When I go back through my notes, and Josh and I have talked about this for a couple of weeks now, and you look at when the Chiefs get um, first and goal at the 8 or the or the 7, how many times the Chiefs just run and run and run. And I realize there's not a lot of room to operate down there in terms of receivers and tight ends, <laughs> but you at least got to you know, target Kelsey one time. You got to go to Sammy Watkins one time, and the one time they did, oh, my gosh, it could have been intercepted, but. I'm just a little bit, you know, perplexed at the at why they continue to run first down, second down, third down, and and not try a pass play at some point in there. Brad, that perplexion and that frustration that you're sensing being in the studio is is magnified ten times by myself here in the press box and being at the games. It look, it's maddening because. Uh, week in and week out, Steve and I, we keep talking about who's going to be the receiver that has the big numbers. And each week we keep thinking, okay, this is the week that Kelsey's going to explode. Now, he had the most catches, but it's, you know, and he stretched the field and he, and he kept the drives going, but nothing as it relates to the end zone. I'm with you. I, I, I can't understand for the life of me. And, and I don't, I don't know if, if they're trying to prove something or maybe they're trying to run the ball to maybe, I don't know, maybe take more time off the clock for some reason, but I'm with you. you know, I, I, I'm just at a loss for us because I, I don't understand it. Um, again, I guess at the end of the day, it's all about the W. And I mean, your guess is good as mine because it's frustrating watching this sometimes because you're sitting there thinking, like, why is the offense struggling inside the red zone? And like you said, you're down on the eight-yard line, and you keep running the ball, but the spacing gets tighter when, you know, when you're doing that. And so, you know, Shady will get three or four yards and now it's second and four, and then he'll get one yard or two yards and now it's third and two. And it's like, okay, what are you going to do now? And, and the, you know, and everybody on the defense side of the ball is pretty much used to what you're going to do. And so they're not, they're not doing any trickery or anything of uh, that's serving any purpose that's going to get the defense off. And right now, there is not much uh, in the red zone. There's not much creativity going on. Darren, we'll get you out of here on this. On the defensive side of the ball, you can you can pick your poison here. You can give, give us something on the coverage and the pass rush. You can bring it all together if you want. Do you feel like they were doing enough in the pass rush today? And did at any point you break press box code and yell, turn around to Traverius Ward or anyone else? 
<laughs> well, well, I didn't break. Uh, I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't do the second part. That's good. Uh, I did it here, part... but no, only Brad and Beard saw me do it, so it's I can pretend that <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I, I will say this, and and, and you, you're probably uh, hear from the auto that I sent you on Frank Clark. You know, the biggest thing in you know, great and great in the defensive line. I, I got to give him a B. I mean, look, it's a struggle. You still give up 186 yards rushing, mm-hmm. uh, but. They got four sacks on on the quarterback on a team that hadn't given up a sack all season. So yeah. that you know, I, I can't. And 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 then, and then again, they had three turnovers. One of them returned for a touchdown. So I can't. You know, look, I grade this team harsh because we all know I got them going nineteen and zero. So I have to grade them. I have to grade them at a at a higher standard. But the defense, I got to give them a B on what they did for today. Now, Ward, I don't know. I I, I saw Brett reach a few times, and I'm like, bro, you got to go get Jalen Ramsey, man. I'm <laughs> like, look, I'll chip in fifteen cents, man. To, you know, to what you got, just like. You got to get this dude. Now, I know you got Mo Claiborne coming back next week, and I'm pretty sure that he, I'm pretty sure they're going to throw him in the starting lineup over Ward, but I don't know. I, I still think that they should go after Jalen Ramsey, but that's just my humble opinion. Uh, are you going to be back in the studio in time for the ship tomorrow? I know you're obviously on location right now. I don't want to lie to people. No, I, I will. Well, I'm doing the show from, from Detroit tomorrow morning, uh, but I will be in the studio tomorrow night. Look, I mean, so, unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, one of the one of the biggest grinders in the game, Darren Smith. Appreciate it. Always good to hear from you, man. Uh, thanks hey, anytime, for, uh, for the audio. Uh, great and, show. Appreciate it. And for the insight. Always good to talk to Darren Smith. You can listen to The Ship from Detroit tomorrow at 11 on ESPN Kansas City and then from this studio tomorrow night fo- following Monday Night Football. He might have bags under his eyes, but he's not going to let you see him. He's going to show up and, uh, and do The Ship again, both spots, uh, every weekday, 11 to noon over on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM. And then following Monday and Thursday night football here on Sports Radio 810. Let's take one more call here before we start to wrap things up here on the Chiefs Post Game Show presented by Missouri Lottery. Let's go to Mark. What's up, Mark? Hey, JB. Thanks for taking my call. Good uh, to hear from you. Thanks. Yeah, I think obviously we've we have a new standard that's been set here in Kansas City for the last little over a year, so and, I, and we should be touch that standard. I. Uh, I'm not saying that, but but I, I remember when we had uh, offenses that you know we went you know years, several weeks without the ability to put together a fourth quarter drive to yep. win the game, which is basically what happened today. Yep. I think um, I think it's it's hard to win on the road in the NFL, and you know, like it or not, yeah, the Detroit Lions were. They, you know, they weren't considered a top team, and we definitely did not, you know, played up to our standards and made them look a lot better than they did. But, and it's a cliche, but I think it's true in this case, and that is, team teams win when they don't, when they're not playing at their best, and that's basically yeah. what happened today. You know, we had, uh, we basically lost a turnover battle. I think didn't we have, wasn't it three to two? We had three fumbles and they had two, three, three turnovers to two. It was so. like forty-seven to twelve or something. But yeah, I mean, there were yes. Your, your general point is right. Although I think you, I think you fell yeah. asleep and missed fifteen more turnovers. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I definitely didn't fall asleep. I might have been uh, blinded by the fury of the. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, of some of the stupidity and and poor play, but. That's fair. But anyway, uh, you know. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to remember how bad we played. It's we're in the win column. We're undefeated, and uh, we won without our best stuff. So I, you know, I'm, I'm the wins wipe out all the all the terrible things. So, so I'm pretty upbeat. 
I appreciate the perspective, Mark. I think it's a really good call, in uh, both uh, literally and uh, figuratively. I, I think that to say, you can't always play purely the results, but I think sort of the methodology there checks out for me. Where you'll see it circle back is if the Chiefs have another game like this Absolutely. And, and don't pull it off, yep. then, you'll, then you'll trace the roots back to the Detroit game. Yep. Uh, not turning your head, the, you know, the defensive backs not turning their heads, uh, special teams, gaffes, uh, fumbles. By the way, I don't think I've ever seen two teams combine to lose five fumbles in one quarter, maybe even a game. Yeah. That it, all happened in the third quarter. I imagine that Curtis, uh, if he's listening now or even if he's not, will probably have He'll something for you that, uh, for that, uh, in that regard for check, you tomorrow. Check tomorrow's end of the hour quiz. Um, I, uh, I, one other thing from, from the last call that I think is, is a good note. There's something that comes up a lot in games like this. We talk about playing down your level of competition. Last caller brought up the idea that, that really good teams win without their best stuff. New England didn't have its best stuff today, nope. but it went to Buffalo and won against a, a pretty good team on the road. I think you could build a very similar story for what the Chiefs did today going to Detroit. I think you build a very similar story that, that didn't end the same way for Indianapolis. They had a home game against the Raiders, didn't have their best game, and they went out there and lost. And lots of those, I mean, the Ravens at home mm -hmm. against the Browns in a divisional game against a team they know and a team they really need to win to hold on to that division and the lead there. They're all even now, by the yep. way. They're all even now. They did not play their best game, and they lost without their best game. Well, so while I think there's something to be said for you want to blow out teams that you can blow out, and the Chiefs didn't do that through three weeks, and I wanted them to. I wanted to see them keep their foot on the gas late into a game. We didn't ever see them choose to do that, but we did see them late in the game, in a fourth quarter, on a fourth and eight, that if they don't convert, the game is over. They're 3-1 and one instead of 4-0. and oh. They actually did still do enough to win whenever they didn't have their best stuff, and I think that's really good perspective. You mentioned New England. Yes. I'll, I'll walk you back to the Super Bowl last year. Yep. The Rams did not have their best stuff, and they, got, they couldn't do anything. Yep. The Patriots didn't necessarily have great stuff, but they did enough to win. There's another game going on right now. The team you just mentioned didn't have their best stuff. We'll uh, bring that up and uh, and begin wrapping up the show whenever we come back here. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe. The Chiefs win in Detroit. We'll keep talking about it here on the Sports Radio 810 Chiefs Post Game Show. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Second down and 12 at the Lion 46. Mahomes again being chased, trying to keep the play alive. Throws it sidearm. He's got Kelsey, flips it off to Shady McCoy, 20, inside the 15. As Travis Kelsey, the high school quarterback from Cleveland, Ohio, had the ball in his hands. As the defender came, he flipped it back. And the Chiefs rugby team gets a gain of 32 yards. And all of the ruggers in the Chiefs kingdom celebrate. Who? Mitch is so much better at his job than anyone else in the world is at theirs. I mean, it's just, I'm so glad that after all of those years of, of Tyler Thigpen, touchdown, Kansas City, I'm so glad that Mitch has Patrick Mahomes now. That, uh, that was a weird play, and I love it. I was tweeting earlier that, that like, I think four, there might be four dudes in the NFL who would actually attempt that, and the Chiefs have, like, three of them. Yes. 
Like 100%. Travis Kelsey's doing it. LaShawn McCoy would do it. Tyreek Hill would probably do it. And so would like OBJ. Like that I, might be the whole list. I told you in the hallway earlier before the show started that I, I know that play was created on the fly, but you have to think about putting it in the playbook. Yeah. And, and, it's great. and coming back to it late in the year. Yeah, we're going to, you know, hit Kelsey on a 12 yard route and the seam. And LaShawn, you just run straight at him until he throws you the ball. Because here's the thing. In football, you typically stop blocking a guy or stop covering a guy whenever he doesn't have the ball anymore. Right. So, yeah, you would move on. By the way, I wonder statistically how that play is, how, how the numbers look on that, on who gets credit for what. Kelsey gets credit for the reception and the initial 12 yards, and then McCoy gets credit for. An additional 12 yards? I think it would be like a 15-yard run after that or something. I okay. think. I, I did wonder about the fantasy stats because <laughs> uh, I'm not 100% sure either. Um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a lot of fun. It, the, 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 the moments this Chiefs team can give you now whenever it's a team that has a little bit of swagger like mm-hmm. is just it's it, it's really, really fun time to be talking about the Chiefs. That's Brad Porter. I'm Joshua Briscoe here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Uh, I wanted to give you a couple of more updates from around the league because there are some things that are happening right now. Uh, and one game in particular that is... Well, that's something. It's brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Uh, the Jags are currently beating the Broncos in Denver 20-17 to without Jalen Ramsey. Don't know if that affects the, the Jalen Ramsey sweepstakes at all, but currently the Broncos are uh, teetering on 0-4. The Vikings and Bears are playing. This is with Chase Daniel at quarterback for Chicago. They're up 16-0 on Minnesota. And wow. uh, the, the uh, Seahawks and Cardinals just went final, 27-10. Seattle takes care of Arizona. Kyler Murray uh, continues to, like, he, he's done 32 passes, 22 of them completed for 241 yards. I, his, his air yards per attempt might be negative at this point. And then uh, in L.A., I actually said I was on uh, Darren's show. I was on the ship on Friday, and I said, you know what? A game that kind of spooks me a little bit is Bucks Rams because the the Buccaneers are have, they have a little firepower. Jameis seems to be doing a little bit better with Bruce Arians, and the Rams the Rams make me a little bit nervous for reasons I can't totally put my finger on. Even as they are three and zero playing the Bucks at home, that game is currently forty five to twenty seven with wow. thirteen excuse me eleven and a half minutes remaining. Wow. Uh, Jameis Winston and Mike Evans just linked up for uh, like a 50-some yard touchdown based on the little box score game cast I saw. Somehow he hasn't even thrown for quite as many yards as Jared Goff has. Listen to this. Jared Goff right now, 32 of 54, oh, 33 of 51 for 379, a touchdown and three picks. Mm. Two rushing touchdowns for Todd Gurley on five carries and 16 yards. Jameis Winston has thrown 25 completions on 36 attempts for 348 yards and four touchdowns, two to Chris Godwin, one to Mike Evans, one to Cameron Brate. So that game is good for fantasy owners unless you started the Rams' defense. So Whenever Jared Goff has a pile of mistakes like this, mm-hmm. I go back to uh, hard knocks. contract? Oh, okay. No, the hard knocks when uh, they did the Rams. Yeah. And he was, I think they were flying somewhere. They were in a bus. I don't remember. And somebody asked him, hey, do you know where the sun rises if it's in the east or the west? And yeah. He did not know. Yeah. Didn't know. So, well, you know, maybe he can't read his receivers. He's not <laughs> sure which one is his guy. I don't know. That NFL scoreboard update is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Make this the season of great beer with Boulevard Brewing Company. Uh, also, I'm not gonna. I'm not too proud. If Boulevard went on a swing by and you know, absolutely drop off a maybe a little variety pack. 
uh, maybe one that says Josh on it, one that says Brad on it. My middle name is Bradley. I might think they're both for me and just take them both home. I would have no complaints. Uh, that's Corporate Update again, brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. I want to get you some more Chiefs audio because we've just had so much to talk about in this game. We run a little bit behind. Let's hear from Daryl Williams, though. He had the two rushing touchdowns today. Um, he almost had like 17, it seems like, stuffed at the one and all of that. Uh, but but he ends up being the guy that gets the call in the red zone. Let's see what he had to say whenever he got the call in the post-game press conferences. Darryl, on the last two plays, can you just walk us through it? What do you thought you were in on the first one, too? Uh, the, um, the first one, I for sure thought I was in. Uh, they say I was shot. Uh, I know that second one, I had to come in and get it for sure. You know, the line did a great job up front, gave me a little push, and I was one-on-one with the linebacker, and I had to go make a play. Couldn't be denied. Did you see the push from Ryder to get you into the end? Oh yes, I did. Yes, I did. But I felt like I was in the first time. Um, you know, he get a, he did a great job giving me a push to make sure I was in there. Um, and hats off to the O line. You felt like you were in without the push. Yeah, I felt like I was in uh, without the push the first time. But you know, ain't nothing wrong with second effort. Just to be on the safe side. When you know the ball's coming to you in that situation, game on the line, can you just describe like what was said on the huddle and what's going through your head before that snap? Uh, we know we had to get a touchdown. We didn't want no field goal. And, uh, you know, being on a one-yard line as a running back, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be denied. And, uh, you know, I, I was trying not to get denied. And, and not, I know for sure I had to put the team on my back and get in there. I had to do whatever it takes to get in there. Do you, when you hear that call, are you doing anything? No. About this? this is the game. You just treat it like another snap. Uh, no, I just treat it like another snap. Uh, I treat every snap the same. I'm trying to score every snap, and uh, that's what I did. Yeah. I imagine when you guys get the ball, the 20, 21, whatever, two minutes left. That hasn't been in that situation, but the confidence level on the contest against Skyline. Oh, you, it's Pat Mahomes, you know. You can't count him out. Uh, you know, he did a great job getting the ball to us, even scrambling when he had to. Uh, you know, Pat just Pat. Uh, receivers did a good job of getting open. You know, O-line did a good job up front. And, uh, we came out with the victory. What did, what did he say to you guys in that final drive? Uh, we were trying to score. He was like, um, you know, we got to do whatever it takes to score because we was only down by three. We could have got a field goal. But uh, we know for sure we wanted to score. We didn't want to put the defense in a, bad, in a tough situation or go into overtime. How tough was it out there? Because it looked like the, the Detroit front seven was playing really physical. I mean, there were a lot of lanes in there. Uh, nah, they was playing real good. Um, hats off to the guys. They did a good job up front. Uh, back court did a good job. D- DBs did a good job. But at the end of the day, uh, we came out to do what we had to do, and uh, we came out victorious. Did you, what was your view of the fourth and eight? The scramble on that last drive, Pat's scramble. Uh, I ain't really know. I just know I had a flat, and I just seen Pat running, and... Uh, he got the first down. There's Darrow Williams following the game today. Uh, one of the stars of the game because he was the guy that had the ball in his hands as he entered the end zone. Mm-hmm. No complaints across the board there. Anything there jump out to you, Brad? No, I just I continue to be impressed because when he let's be honest, when he came into camp last year, um, what we knew about him one, he was undrafted, mm-hmm. but two, he was a decent player at LSU, but he was behind Leonard Fournette and. Yep. Um, uh, one of the running backs. Darius Geis? Darius Geis. Geis yes. LSU? He yeah. was, right? So he was I used to know these so things. So you didn't know what you had, and he was really, he was raw when he got to the Chiefs in training camp and didn't play much early. Uh, came out at the end, but he continues to make that look like a really, you criticize the you know the big contract stuff, but also you got to applaud the down roster contracts as well. And Darrell Williams has proven to be um, 
I want to say valuable yet, but he's been a pretty good piece for this Chiefs team. I, I agree with that, and I actually, if I could just pat myself on the back, I, I liked him coming into the league as a as an yeah. undrafted free agent, largely because of the guys he was mm-hmm. stuck behind. You say, you know mm-hmm. what, you come out of that group, I bet you can make it work at the NFL level. I would also add that I think just about a lot of running backs, not just about anybody, but I would say that there might be three digits full of running backs who could come into Andy Reid's ro- yes. Andy, Andy offense and then produce. He's done some things, especially in the passing game, that not everyone can do. I don't want to take anything away from him in that regard. But I would, I would say at the very, very least, being in Andy Reid's offense is such a gift to a running back mm-hmm. trying to make a, a dent in the NFL like that, and he's absolutely taken advantage of the opportunity. Well, this is why I was discussing the fantasy football this morning, my mm-hmm. oldest and his team, and he said, do you think I should pick up Daryl Williams? Do you think he's a good player? I said, yeah, I think he's a good player. And they said, how much does he get paid? And I said, not very much. Mm-hmm. He's in the second year of a, of a rookie contract. And I said, and it's another example of why you don't pay running backs yep. a ton of money. Yep. And I think you're right. I think there are triple digits of running backs who could come in and play uh, for Andy Reid. And if you're wondering, I mean, this is one of those guys. Yes. I mean, if, if you had a, a draft of running backs in the league, like Daryl Williams is going in the 80s or something, right? I right. mean, because he he was he's the third guy on the Chiefs' right. depth chart. Darwin Thompson could do some of this stuff, and he's the fourth guy. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, again, a, a testament to the making, making do with opportunity, of course, but the opportunity is a really, really juicy one for running back. Um, on the offensive side also, Travis Kelsey was the team's leading receiver uh, earlier today, and, and he was in a lot of good spots, a lot of good times. The chemistry with him and Mahomes seems to be unrivaled among the rest of the roster. There was that one time where I thought they made a really good point on the broadcast where Kelsey's route was probably to keep going to the sidelines, but he kind of just stopped because he knew there was there was more space where he was. Mahomes adjusted and went to him. So I'm always glad to hear from Travis Kelsey. Let's hear what he had to say following today's win in Detroit. Just out there playing, making plays, man. That's all I can really tell you. I mean, I, I saw it was shady behind me, and I mean, I knew it, shady was going to at least catch it. I mean, I got faith in him to at least catch it. What, what he does with her, whatever's behind me, you know, let that be. But I was just out there trying to make a play, and um, hey, that's not the only guy got a little magic to him. You know what I'm saying? I got some tricks out the hat. Have you pulled it off before in practice? No, it's never crossed my mind to do that, except for right there, to be honest. Maybe a couple times, and previously, you watch a play, and you're like, oh, man, if I would have just hooked, you know, pitched it to him, we would have had a huge play. But, um, you know, hats off for, for Shady for, for being ready and, and making the play, man, and uh, and Pat for improvising to, to, to jump it off. What did you see on that Lions team? I mean, that's, a, that's a talented football team right there. Very well coached. Um, and they came out, they came out and, and, and played as tough. But you know what? Hats off to the guys in this locker room for for answering the, the bell and um, you know persevering through through a lot of adversity in that game. Uh, but a lot to learn from, and you know it'll and moving forward, uh, I think it's going to help us be a better football team. Travis, what did you see on on the shots? Touchdown uh, return. Did you tell it was a live ball as that play was unfolding? I mean, I saw it come out. I wasn't sure if the knee went down. I think everyone was kind of questioning whether the knee was down or the play was over. Um, but I think, uh, you know, that's why you play the game to the end of the whistle. And how much does something like that turn, turn a game a little bit? <laughs> I mean, something like that is huge. I mean, it completely flipped the momentum, put us in the advantage. Uh, and you know what? It's, you know, it's football. It's football. It's fine. It's that, that, that ball is awkwardly shaped, and you never know which way it's going to bounce. I like the attitude of the team when you came out with two minutes and 20 seconds to go down, needing, needing a score. Oh, yeah. 
We have faith in every single one of the guys in that locker room. Doesn't matter who it is or what they're doing. We have Patrick Mahomes back there, slinging that rock. We have uh, guys like um, <laughs> you name it, man. We got Sam. We, we, I mean, we got we got the players in that huddle to make plays and put the ball in the end zone. You know, you just got to go out there with confidence that um, every man's going to do their job. And you had a big first down catch on that final drive as well. What kicks through that little bit? That was all Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, I was just sitting on the backside of a play, and he found me. So just making a play after a guy makes a play for us uh, and just being accountable for everyone and trying to get out of bounds so we can uh, control the clock. Hey, Travis, I don't know if this has been that already. Yeah, just, it was just just making a play, man. I mean, heck, growing up playing street football, playing in the, in the yard, I mean, you do stuff like that all the time. Uh, just, just trying to make a play for your team, really. I mean, like I said, it's Pat Mahomes making plays. It gives guys being accountable and trying to get that ball in the end zone uh, when we needed it most. And you know what? It was, there, were, there were quite a few plays that kind of uh, ran together there where it was just another guy making a play, a different guy making a play. And that's what you love to see. You love to see guys like Pringle coming up big there in the, in the late in the game, fourth quarter, when a guy gets tired. Uh, from driving all the way down the field, <laughs> and it's you know a guy a guy like that to be able to make a huge play like that, man. It's, it's uh, it makes the win a little, even more sweeter than it is. Travis, people didn't see this game. Look at Pat's stats and think he didn't have a big impact on the game. Yeah, those of us who did not, he didn't have saw it or, or those of us who saw played in your case no better. I'd like to hear in your words the ways maybe that you saw Pat impact today's game without throwing I mean, Verbally, mentally, as a leader on this team, keeping us collected um, and keeping us with with one one goal in mind, and that's to get the ball in the end zone. Uh, no matter how long it takes us to get it there, uh, whether it's one play or 16 plays, 20 plays, it doesn't matter. We're going we're going north, and we're getting that ball in that end zone. And I think Pat does an unbelievable job of rallying the troops when we need it most. Did the Lions do anything that surprised you? No, or what not at all. I mean, I, I think. Uh, the biggest thing is that we we, uh, we really hurt ourselves in terms of turnovers. We put ourselves in, in a really bad position, uh, and we got to hold on to the ball. On top of that, I mean, what they were doing when they 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 play they have a very good defense, a very good front, um, and what they were doing it was a little tricky at first. But um, you know, once you once you kind of figure out throughout the game what they're going to get into, um, you know who's got to make the play. And from that point on, uh, I think we had a pretty good control over what we wanted to do. What, what were they doing early? Um, early, I mean, typically just, just playing man-to-man. -man. I, I mean, it's, it's nothing special. They're throwing a little bit of cover two in there to try and throw us off. But uh, I think, like I said, most of the stuff that happened there in the first half or, or third quarter really was just on us as an as a offense, as a whole. And, you know, we feel like we dictate everything out there. So that's Travis Kelsey following the game. We're going to get you Frank Clark, and we're going to get out of here and hand you over to the end of Broncos and Jags. I will update you on the uh, Tampa Bay-Los Angeles game we mentioned earlier. Uh, the Rams went and scored a touchdown to uh, Cooper Cup, and then Marcus Peters picks off Jameis Winston, takes it back for a touchdown. That game is now 45-40 Rams. Wow. And did they have the ball back already? I don't know. That game is wild, and we'll get you to uh, Jags-Broncos here in just a minute. Uh, let's go ahead and go now to Frank Clark. Talked about him on the pass rush a lot today. Let's hear in his words how he would uh, sum up the performance of uh, of himself and the defense altogether in today's victory over the Lions. All right. Now, obviously, this is the first game for the Chiefs in the dome atmosphere this year. Probably going to be the last one they played this year. Um, 
you know, your thoughts on how the, how the team defense did this year, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, whether or not, you know, where the improvements can come from, and just talk about the big play that you all did, stopping them on third down when they could have at least opened up the score, but you all were able to force them to punt the ball. Um, I feel like it was just great team, um, you know, a great team effort. You know, when you come out in the second half and you got to, um, our offense got three unfortunate turnovers. You know, in the first half, you know, they marching down the field. You got great quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Those things go happen. Um, like you said, it's about how you respond. I feel like when you got three turnovers and then the defense comes back and um, force two off of that, you know, we give up one score. You know, we wish we really got that back. But you give up, um, you force two two turnovers off of their turnovers, it, 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 you still can play that game. You know, it's not it's not too bad. They didn't come, come down score off of those three turnovers. So it kind of kept us in the game. Um, we did our job, and then in the end, as you've seen, our offense marched down the field. You know, you put that trust in Pat, and he's going to get the job done. What was the talk, if any, this week with the with the front line, the front four? Because obviously Detroit hadn't given up a sack all season. You all come out, put four on them today. You know, was that something Was that something that you all thought about doing? Um, of course. You know, every, it's not a game you go into the, you know, into the game. It's not a week you go into a game and, you know, not, not think that's going to happen. You know, as a player, you know, you want to get as many sacks, you want to get as many turnovers, as many things like that as possible. But, you know, um, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. You know, today we was able to get to him and um, felt like we did a good job. As Frank Clark, uh, I mean, listen, I think that they did a pretty good job. It wasn't a dominant performance, and that, I think, is probably the bar that Frank Clark feels like he has to clear. And a lot of Chiefs fans think that Frank Clark needs to clear with his contract. But overall, not a bad game. All right, we're getting out of here, Brad. Uh, take us home. What do you got? That game was thrilling. It was exciting. It was nerve-wracking. It was all of the above. Chiefs coming home with a win, and now three of the next four will be at Arrowhead Stadium. And a final non-Chiefs note, thank you very much to Ned Yost, who uh, managed his last game as manager of the Royals today. Managed his last game as manager. Uh, went out with a walk-off and awesome stuff. Brought us two American League pennants and a World Series championship and uh, just couldn't, uh, couldn't ask for more. Absolutely delivered. And I will say on, on this Chiefs game again, there's a lot. You say fun and exciting and nerve-wracking and all that. Those are all things that you can say whenever a After sloppy, you, messy yes. game ends in your MVP quarterback driving you down the field, giving you an opportunity, and then actually just giving you the touchdown to take the lead and then ultimately hand it back over your defense and ask for two incompletions in a mm-hmm. row at the end of the game. All of those superlatives that you use used to feel a lot more negative because yeah. so often the Chiefs would be on the wrong side of that equation, and that would be that would be the 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 calls literally uh, on the phone lines after the game of how can this happen again? Matt Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, how do these guys keep doing it to us? Patrick Mahomes is now doing that to other fan bases. Mm-hmm. Chiefs win this one, thirty-four to thirty in Detroit. When their third road game of the year, go to 4 0. We'll now hand you over to the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to put away the Denver Broncos. You can listen to that and tonight football right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The official broadcast partner of your AFC West champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Sports Radio 810. WHB.